You're listening to the Geek Out Loud podcast, the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. Previously on Geek Out Loud. forums is Dave Slasher. This is uh, Dave Jones, not of the monkeys. What's funny are the people that I know in real life are finding out that I'm more of a geek than they ever realized, but people who started listening to this show are finding out slowly but surely he's not as much a geek as he acts like he is. Well, I was, um, re- I was relieved to uh, come down and, and you weren't like in a basement like a Han Solo outfit. Like you didn't have to, my mom didn't <laughs> greet you at the door. Like, oh, he's downstairs. Would you like some bagel bites? That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. <laughs> My wife was having a girls' night, and I'm sure it involved lots of uh, Sex and the City box sets. Uh, you know how your some... mind works faster than people talk sometimes? I'm glad you said in the city box sets. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. You're married. I am. What's that like? Um... Like as a geek, or I mean, just, yeah, is yeah. I mean, because I'm because I am single, ladies. Bones. How about I just quoted freaking Star Trek? I just listened to the 380s podcast today, and I'm curious about one thing. Am I the only one who remembers a failed show from the 80s called The Powers of Matthew Star? In this room, yes, you are, Rich. <laughs> to me, there's a singularity. <laughs> well, that's. Why wasn't anyone believe me, number one? But it wasn't like, I'm going to have to ask you to trust me, even though you've never served with me. That's a really good Picard, by the way. (laughs) It was here! It was here! Who made this movie? Was this an American-made Doctor Who movie? Yes, it was a joint process. Had we learned nothing from Godzilla? It bothers me that one of the main villains of this thing could not be you. I'm joining on the haters of this movie. It's not the real doctor. Because I used to love some Inspector Gadget back in the day. You know, Inspector Gadget was my doctor. I want to get back to your wife. Okay. Does your wife have any good looking friends that would kind of be similar to her that are similar? In her taste. Um, no. <laughs> That's all we need to know. On this episode of Geek Out Loud, we have a friend stop by, and it ends up being a geek smorgasbord. Like, I can't even tell you what we talk about over the next couple of hours. So, sit back, strap in, and enjoy your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud Podcast.
Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud. This is the official podcast of geekoutonline.com, the blog that I've not updated in about a month now. So uh, there's no need for you to go to geekoutonline.com until I, until I tell you, unless maybe you're subscribing to Feed Reader and you know what's coming. Um, glad to have you with us. I appreciate you being here. You are, of course, the most greatest most greatest podcast listening audience in the universe i am big honking steve your host glad to be with you for this the 29th episode of geek out loud and i know that we all thought episode 29 would come somewhere around 2015 but here it is 2009 and episode 29 we have today a very 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 special guest uh we go back eight years now literally eight years we go back and um man we've seen we saw lord of the rings movies together on opening day we saw star wars movies together on opening day we saw um superhero movies together on opening day just we geeked out um i want to introduce to you my good friend and soon to be your good friend uh, due to the demand to have another female voice on the show, my good friend Casey. Casey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. Like, let's kind of give everyone. You, this is you've never podcasted before. No. And one thing I found out whilst doing sound checks and stuff is you should be podcasting. Because you've got a great voice that's coming through the speakers. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like it's stereo Casey. It's great. Um, last week, maybe, I got a text from you. Yeah. And uh, you were telling me that you were finally listening to the podcast. I think that was two weeks ago. It wasn't two weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was in, I, whenever anyone that I know in my real world, in my real circle of friends in real life, gets with me and says hey i've listened to the show i've gone to your website i get a little embarrassed and um you you text and you're like I, i'm like great that's cool you know and i'm sitting there like oh no you know and then i get this text from casey didn't realize how big of a geek you actually were <laughs> <laughs> how did you go for eight years and not know how big of a geek i am i think you hold back I, well i do i have to <laughs> you you know you don't want to be that guy that everyone's like really you know I mean I keep it all in a room uh, yeah. pretty much so you know the old Star Wars room um, which the Star Wars room at the new house looks a lot better than the Star Wars room did at the old house because it's actually you can see it kind of coming together more than you could at the old house yeah I don't oh. remember you remember the Star Wars room at the old house was just yeah. kind of like piles here and there and boxes that you had to kind of yeah. pull open well this got more shelving got stuff put in closets and you know so it actually you can see where it's coming together. You got to come see it. Have you been to my house? I haven't. You need to at some point. Good times, good times. Um, the question that everyone is asking right now about Casey as they're listening to this show is what does Casey bring to the table? And and this is something we talked about. You know, you were like, I'm kind of nervous about this. So let me, I, this is going to be, if I were a lawyer right now, I'd be accused <laughs> of leading the witness. But... Uh, I'm just going to kind of throw some things out there, and you respond however you want to respond, okay? Okay. Um, number one, Smallville. Love it. Yes. I, in fact, I remember you were off to college, and the town you were in college in didn't have, I guess it was the WB at the time. No. And you'd come home on the weekends, and I would have recorded an episode for you, and you would have brought the week 
prior you yes, brought that tape back tapes, yes. yeah and um tapes. that actually that actually helped get my friends or our mutual friends Jonathan Ansley into Smallville because one day I just had a tape with three or four episodes I'm like here go watch this you might like it that was way back in season two I mean that's that's like back in the that's crazy that's Seems like, like so long I know ago. yeah um so you love you've you've been in the Smallville this whole time pretty much yeah. um and we're going to talk probably more in depth about some of the Star Wars Love it. Yes. <laughs> yes. My favorite movie. Um, I believe it was episode two, Attack of the Clones. We were in Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. at uh, the, And I say these names because people who listen in there are like, I know that place. <laughs> um, the Regency 24, outside of Regency Mall, AMC 24. Mm-hmm. We had gone with a group to see it. And when Anakin tells Padme goodbyes, he's going to find his mother. And he turns around and his cloak billows out. And the stride that he had in the walk, we both, because we were sitting next to each other, yes. we just grabbed his, it's Darth Vader, oh my God, it's Darth <laughs> Vader. So, um, and then as Yoda came out, we were all just with the rest of the crowd, just cheering and everything. Definitely. Um, Superman. Oh my God, I love Superman. I love Superman. <laughs> with With a passion, almost. Yes. I mean, like you were... He's fantastic. Yes. I, I mean, I agree. We're on the same page here. I We're mean, on the same. Um, I actually have in my room at my house a mm-hmm. birthday gift from you that was, yeah. uh, that's a cool, <laughs> and I use it. I mean, I do use it. It's Good. a box that you had like taken some clippings from Superman comics and glued to, and and it looks cool. It looks great, and uh, and I keep stuff in it, and it's really, yeah, it's nice. And so, and, and that has been something we've bonded over. Um, I mentioned Lord of the Rings. I enjoy Lord Yeah, Rings. I enjoy. Yeah. I mean, we enjoyed those. Those were, did, um, I know we went to see the Two Towers. We I saw remember, all of them together. Did we see all of them together? Mm-hmm. I remember Two Towers specifically because we had to find that third party to go. And um, we ended up taking one of our mm, kind of friends. I don't remember. I do, I do. And I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. Who, what that situation was. And you'll be like, oh, yeah. Um, because we left at like 10 in the morning to drive to Savannah, Georgia. Oh, to watch right. the it to watch the show. Such a long drive. Yes. <laughs> well, we were in Baxley for crying out loud, and there's no movie theaters there, and there was no there were none around worth going to at the time. No, there were. And weren't. um and so when there was a big premiere like that, I would try to get a group up to go, so that I could, you know, not necessarily do it on my dime. Um, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> but um, but good times, Lord of the Rings. Um, Harry Potter. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> you sound like my buddy Bradley when I was like, you like Crypto the Superdog? You big fan? Big fan of him. Um, yeah. Yeah, you you and I have had some pretty good I talked good Harry- you into reading it. Yeah, you really you were part I of the did. reason I, I got into reading the Harry Potter stuff. You actually are, well, I got the email from my friend Mars Dweller, who is a listener. What's up, Mars? Um, and then not, I mean, it had to be not a week and a half, two weeks later, you were in town, and you were like, have you watched Doctor Who? And I was like, no, but I've been told by some of my listeners I need to. And you're like, yes, you do. And so you're kind of responsible for the Doctor Who stuff as well. Yeah. Um, in fact, the last time we got to hang out, we watched a couple of episodes of Doctor Who. And just before we recorded, right? we watched, um, what was it called? It's called Time Crash. It's a five-minute little skit that they aired in the U.K., 
and it has David Tennant meeting his favorite doctor. And Peter Davison, where's yes. the cricket outfit? <laughs> so it was really cool. They get to run into each other. This weird. And at the end, I, and it was, was cool awesome. because at the end it was written so that David Tennant basically told um, told Peter Davison, "You're my doctor." I mean, it was like that he was speaking from the heart there, and uh, and yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, it was a yeah. great little skit. It was funny. It was fun to watch him kind of talk to himself and about himself and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, what else we got? That and so I mean, your geek cred is there. You've got the geek cred. And Thanks. and so yeah, so no one needs to worry about whether or not you should be here tonight <laughs> or not. So uh, well, I'm glad to have you here. I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you listening. Um, so here we are, and you're going to sit through the whole show. We're not going to do a drive to get on the Force Cast today, just because I feel like those guys are probably getting close to hating me. Um, <laughs> but my next attempt will be my birthday Sunday. Uh-huh. And I'm going to send them a birthday email and be like, my birthday, give me a shout out. And then in it, I'll have all my links, like Geek Out Online, Geek Out Loud, and so all that oh, good stuff. That's cool. So that's the next plan. That would be a really good birthday present. It would be. I think it, it would, would be. be. You know, I mean, come on. Uh, you know, who can talk Star Wars like I can talk Star Wars, Casey? Not many people that I know. And what's funny is there are people who think that they can, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't mean to be, that's arrogant. That sounds so <laughs> arrogant. That's me, you know, just letting the geek flag fly. But, um, but yeah, so uh, thanks to everyone, though, on that. Because I've, I've received several emails letting me know, hey, we emailed the Force Cast. I was on, um, just recently recorded with the Sheet Geek Girls, who you need to listen to that podcast. I think you'll like those chicks. They're really cool chicks. Um, was on with them and they were like we emailed and we're emailing every week we're emailing once a week every week until you're on i'm like wow so uh th- so thanks everyone that's done that keep it up let's get on the force cast you guys did a great job with getting over 100 itunes reviews and so i think we can achieve this goal but right now let's get into some emails This first one comes from Dave, and he says, Hey, Big Steve. Uh, So I've recently uh, been really hooked on the Clone Wars series. They've just been a lot of fun. Have you watched any of the Clone Wars series? I haven't. Really? I haven't. Hmm. Did you see the little movie that came out that was like... No. That makes me kind of sad. Sorry. puts a little emptiness in my little heart. Um, I need to thank you for what you said about Star Wars not growing up with us. Remembering how I saw the original film as a kid has helped me like the new ones more. I've even grown to appreciate the comedic antics of Jar Jar, and I'm no longer among the Jar Jar haters out there. Ever since I've come about to say that Jar Jar did not bother me, there's been a lot of talk and chatter about Jar Jar. What do you think of Jar Jar? He doesn't bother me. Really? I think, yeah, and just because I have a godson that he's six years old, um... Or he's not six anymore. He's eight. Right. But whenever he up, was Casey, six, <laughs> whenever he was six, I introduced him to Star Wars. Yeah. And I remember him. He's such a huge fan, and he really loved Jar Jar. And I just think that that was a really smart tool to use to get the kids into it and to really, you know, draw in a new audience. So. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I, you know, the one thing, 
is that uh, if I have a criticism of Jar Jar, it's that he had nothing to do from the time that they left Naboo to the time they got back to Naboo. And and so he was a little bit too much in the foreground, as, mm-hmm. just from a writing standpoint, not even a, not even a, I hate this character, just from a writing standpoint. You know, the, I mean, George Lucas killed off Obi-Wan in episode four because he had nothing for Obi-Wan to do till the end of the movie, you know, so. <laughs> um, Dave continues, as Star Wars was my introduction to geekdom, as it was mine. What was your introduction to geekdom? I mean, like, what, what, like, I say Star Wars is the foundation of my geekdom. Like, it's kind of where all of this superhero stuff and all this other sci-fi stuff springs from. What would you say was kind of the first, and I'm using my quote fingers here, geeky thing that you remember really being into or enjoying? Superman. Okay, really? Serious business? Wow. That's kind of crazy. I would have thought you'd gone for the turtles just then. No. Huh. No. I saw Superman way before Turtles. So you were digging on Superman like little Casey was all digging on Superman. The Christopher Reeve Superman? Oh, yeah. I had yeah. a cape. Nice. I had, I had the little jammies with the cape. The, um, the yeah, Supergirl yeah. jammies oh, with wow. the cape. Yeah. I, yeah, I love Superman. Check you out. I know. Check you out. Um, if I saw the original film, I was much too young to remember, says, continues Dave, and was unable to see Empire in the theater. The first one I remember seeing in the theater was Jedi. My dad took my brother and sister and I to the new theater in town. And the first movie we saw there, uh, the line was around the building. The excitement in the air was palpable. When the music started, my heart jumped out of my chest plate. That's kind of... I've heard the heart... I mean, the chest plate. <laughs> you know, to go all the way to chest plate. I'm like, mm, what? Um, it was awesome. I saw, <laughs> I saw all the special editions in the theater and the prequels multiple times. Each time when that music starts, I still get so freaking excited. Um, yes, I agree. The watching, even now, even like when I just have it on at the house, on the TV, and mm-hmm. the surround kicks it in, you you've get the you get the Fox fanfare. Mm-hmm. It goes totally silent. Those blue words come up, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It, the screen goes dark and it's just so and I and and in the theater too especially with the prequels and everything it was just so like yes you know, I remember I, cheering oh yeah I yeah, remember yeah. us cheering and for as that the, as the yellow words just come on and the and oh, John yeah. Williams score starts up oh my gosh I, there is nothing like that that start the the closest thing that I have ever come to the feeling of seeing that on the big screen was Superman Returns as after Krypton mm-hmm. you know that little thing when Krypton blows up and everything kind of goes quiet, and you just kind of hear, dum, 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 dum. and then, <laughs> you know, the, the the words start coming at you. I mean, that's that was another time when I was like, yes! Um, and my arms went up in touchdown mode. Uh, he says, it's great to see that Star Wars is being brought to a new generation. I kept all of my old toys and play sets to pass on to my kids, though most of the figure paint is scratched. The Falcon is missing parts. My old X-Wing lost its laser sounds after a nasty crash on Hoth, and I'm using my quote fingers there. <laughs> Did you ever notice that the original figure, figures had a weak head connection? <laughs> my, no, I didn't. My old Luke, Han, and Obi-Wan invader were all somehow decapitated. <laughs> Dave, I think that's just a result of really some hard play with these things. My um, Barbie dolls had yeah. weak uh, head you? connections. <laughs> Barbie, pop. Um, Thanks, pop. brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did you have any siblings maybe, Dave, that got to 
Because anyhow, I've always loved Star Wars and love hearing you geek out about the Great Wars. Thank you for all your work on the... Well, I don't do any work on the podcast, Dave. It's fun for me. Yeah, you know, that is one thing. Um, it is a staple of this show is my love of Star Wars. and has been since around episode 16. And, and I can't seem to stop talking about it now, which is fine with me. I'll talk Star Wars all day long. You've got to... Um, I want you to watch Clone Wars. I want you to see... There's just one episode that I definitely want you to see that I think you'll absolutely love and may get you hooked on watching the rest of the series. It's very Yoda-centric. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, it was it was an incredible... I mean... Um, I've been really interested in it. I just haven't had the time to do it. My it, brother's getting married, so things yes, have been crazy. It's, it's definitely um, a show for kids. Uh, more so even than like episode one was. But... I mean, there are death scenes. Um, there are really violent situations at some points. You know, um, there's even been language, you know, that may be considered, you know, bad language on the on the show. Um, and so as much as there... And there are some episodes that are blatantly, well, we just did this for the kids. But then there are other episodes that's like, you know, maybe the kids won't enjoy this as much as the hardcore fans that have been fans a long time. And they try to strike a neat balance. And I think they've done a fairly good job. Um, as with any TV show, there's some hit and miss. I wasn't too thrilled with the last few weeks of it. Um, but uh, last week looked pretty good. And, and usually they do them in like two or three episode story arcs they're very few just standalone episodes they do them usually one two three you know where there's a little bit of a continuance and the first the opening episodes to the series were pretty amazing uh especially the yoda one and um and if you when when you're back around and we have time i'm gonna make you i'll tie you down and make you watch that one so it'd okay. be good times um this one comes from chris fillmore last name sorry chris uh, he says, hey, Steve, just wanted to thank you for the big honking dance party. I was half asleep in school and started listening. Finally, near the end, you started telling everyone to dance. Sitting in traffic, just dance, et cetera, et cetera. And at this point, apparently, I just took to dancing in my desk. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, of course, cool. I, of course, wasn't aware I was dancing, and my professor pulled me aside at the end of the class and told me, I don't mind if you listen to music in class. Just don't make a big scene of it. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I was kind of bummed out that day, but that whole exchange really brought up my mood. Thanks. Uh, also, thanks for making me feel awesome about being a nerd. Before Geek Out Loud, I was a closet nerd hiding my newest sci-fi novel under a few other books on the way to the checkout and so on. Now I run around shouting that I'm a geek. I embrace my geekdom. I wanted to ask, mostly because I don't remember hearing you say anything about it, do you read books? Okay. Um, yes. And if so, what are your books? What are your favorite uh, books or authors? First off, let me ask you, you heard the dance party? I have. How do you feel about that? I mean, be honest. You can be blatantly, brutally honest on the show. It's okay. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got the joke, right? I mean, you know I don't walk around listening to CNC Music Factory. Really? And Okay. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, it meant to be fun. I had a, I've had several fun. emails where people were like, Man, I had such a good time doing that. And this dude, Chris, what kind of class do you have where you can just sit and listen to your podcast in the middle of class? I don't, I mean, is the professor not lecturing? Is not, you're, you, you've been to college. I mean, did you ever have a class where you could just 
plug in the old headphones and ignore what was going on in class? I guess if the class is big enough. That's true. That's true. No one's going to notice. But well, if I'm going to go to class, I guess I'm going to actually participate. Chris, I appreciate you listening. I just don't want you to throw away your education because of Geek Out Loud. That's what I, I guess that's what I'm saying. Trust me. Trust someone who has thrown his education away. <laughs> don't throw away your education for a podcast. That's a pretty cool class, though. You can just if you can do, yeah, and the professor I mean, like, I don't mind if you listen to music, just don't make a big scene about. It. That's a cool professor. <laughs> what you should have done is said, "Hey, prof, listening to Geek Out Loud, the official podcast of Geek Out Online. Why don't you check it out?" So you never know. Um, books, authors, you read. You're a well-read individual, Casey. You're like you're one of the people who, when I talk to, I feel like I've got to up the vocabulary that I use and and sound a little more intelligent than maybe I actually am. Because I respect you for how well read you are, and and your profession requires a bit of knowledge of the of the word, and um, the written word, the English language, and so uh, I, I feel like I have to always up my A game when it comes to my language skills when you're around. Um, there I go, getting too honest on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what um, what do you read? What what kind of what kind of reading do you do? When you have a chance outside of the newspaper um i'm reading twilight right now right okay which i forgot about that yeah you asked I know. Um, uh. eh, i'm not really sure exactly how i feel about it and it's, this is why we are friends <laughs> she the writer stephanie meyer, stephanie meyer mm-hmm. lost me at the very beginning when she she said that vampires are sparkly. Oh, Vampires glowy. sparkle. She just really lost me after huh. that. Uh, but now, see, I had on a few episodes ago. You heard the episode with um, Jen. Yeah. Um, Jen, very big Twilight fan, mm-hmm. and and we were talking about the rules of vampires. You know, now, come on. I mean, don't you see my point? Where I'm like, this kind of breaks the rules. The whole sunlight thing. It really does, and I, I don't understand it really. I don't, I don't see how you can really call them vampires. Well, do they suck blood? Yeah. They eat blood. Um, yeah, but but these. Are they immortal? Yeah, but but they sparkle. They're not. I mean, I don't know the the vampire family in the in the book. The Collins. Yes. I hate having Twilight fans. <laughs> I hate being surrounded. I'm surrounded by so many Twilight fans. But I know this information. <laughs> Well, they don't kill people. Um, they're, I don't know. They're like, uh, what's his face in, um, not the stat, but the other one in Interview with the Vampire, the one that Brad Pitt played. Yes. He didn't really want to kill people. Right. I don't know how he survived. Animals. Yes. Really, so. is that how he survived most of them? Yeah. I thought he, no, I thought he might have killed Maybe. Yeah, I mean, right there at the beginning. I, I mean, he lived a long time. There, yeah, there's I read a the book and I saw the movie and it was so long ago. It has been a long time. It's been like 14 years. Since the movie's yeah. really old. Yeah, I lo- the thing I love about that movie, though, is the end. Hmm. When um, when Tom Cruise, as Lestat, jumps on the Christian Slater and bites him. And uh, he's like, I'll give you the choice I never had. And then he like... He's playing. What is that other vamp? What is Brad Pitt's vampire's name? I don't remember either. 
um, and people are screaming right now. I can I can name the listeners that I interact with on a regular <laughs> basis who are right now screaming at their iPods, telling me what the name of, of Brad Pitt's character was in the Interview with a Vampire. Mars Dweller, I'm sorry. Um, the uh, uh, anyhow, he's listening to his tape of that interview, and he's like, same old story. And he pops it out, and all of a sudden, Guns and Roses starts playing. <laughs> and I was like, that is just an awesome ending to a very long movie. And <laughs> and I just and I love that that was Guns N' Roses doing Rolling Stone's Sympathy for the Devil. And there are very few times when a band covers a song and does it better than the band who originally did it. And Guns N' Roses pulled that off. And I, it's, it's an awesome song. I'm sorry. And it was just a great moment in, in that movie because, and it was the end. And I was like, finally, it's over. Um, I don't mind telling you, I was kind of bored with that movie. Though there was a Superman shot in that movie. Uh, when Brad Pitt's talking about, he's kind of going through his history, and it's after he thinks Lestat is dead or he's done away with him or whatever. And he begins talking about all the advances that people have made. And he's like, you know, and he talked about going to cinema and everything was in black and white. But then finally, you know, as color came about, he was able to see his blue. You know, he loved the color blue. And what it showed was the scene of Superman flying off at the end of Superman the movie. And I was like, there's Superman. And so that was another high point in the movie for me. But anyhow, having said that, so you're reading Twilight. Now, you just seen what the hype was about? or That was... That was the interest, yeah. yeah. I was, well, everyone else was reading it, and everyone was, oh, it's such a good book, yeah. and it had a movie, and the the writing lacks a little, you know, as a writer, I, nope. I feel like the writing definitely is lacking. Um, and, you're not a, and you're not a writer, you're not a snob writer. No. I mean, let's go ahead and say, it. you just said no. as a writer, and you're not a snob writer who's like, no, no one can do anything as good as I can. I'm oh, the greatest no. writer. I mean, you, oh, ha- no. you have some writers that you genuinely enjoy and, and that, oh, are, that would be considered great writers, you know? Yeah. And some that are more of what people would consider, I don't know, literature, you know, like the classic literature type stuff. And then some that would be almost those popcorn books, you know, that people just right. love and that are going to be bestsellers. So you're not a snob when it comes to oh, no. reading. No, so. I'll read pretty much yeah. anything. I'll give anything a shot, really. Yeah. I'm reading that, and I'm reading The Time Traveler's Wife okay, at the I same don't know time. That is. It's it's really it's a it's like a sci-fi romance. Okay. It's it's or like a fantasy romance. It's really it's really good so far. Cool, cool, really cool. Um, I don't read as much as I would like to. I I find it a lot easier to watch TV and rot <laughs> my brain. Uh, I do enjoy reading. When I get hooked into something, I will really. I'll get engrossed in it and stay in it, and and a lot of times we'll just finish it up quick. Um, I used to devour the Star Wars novels, and I haven't done that lately. Um, comics, you know, I'm a, I'm a comic. I read comics, uh, but um, you know, it just depends. I I'm not a big fan of reading the nonfiction, and um, and and I do I like to read a lot of the older literature and stuff because. I enjoy as I'm reading something and I don't like a lot of times I like running into words that I don't know what they're talking about. And so I like the journey of finding out, well, this job was this and it existed because they didn't have this technology at the time or something. And so I tried, you know, I like the classics a lot of times. I try to try to read one good classic, what do you call a classic, you know, one or two a year. Um, we've started, if you go to the Geek Out Loud forums, geekoutpodcast.com slash forums, down in the unmentionable section, our admin, Seth Joe, started uh, the Geek Out Loud book club. And um, and so they're doing Watchmen this month. 
January is the month of Watchmen. Uh, the poll is up for next month's um, books, and I forget. And so I'm going to try to jump in on that with them and, and kind of read and see what they've got, you know, see what everyone else is reading. But uh, I refuse to read Twilight because I'm a man. I'm a boy, so not going to read Twilight. <laughs> so uh, I don't think you'd like it anyway. Well, yeah, I don't think I would either. It's too girly from what I've read, so. It's almost too girly for me. I mean, it's, it's a little. And let's yeah, make no mistake about it. You're girly. You're I'm not, very girly. Yeah, you're not the geek girly. girl. You're not the girl that's into some geeky things that is like butch and manly. You're you're really a girly girl. I'm very girly. And that's fine. That's great. And um, <laughs> but But you can play video games with people. You love the Wii. Yes. So this is a still just introduce Casey time. We're in emails and we're still just introduce Casey time. <laughs> what do you do on Wii? You do a lot of Wii I've fit. I've Sean um, White snowboarding game. Oh, yeah? So much fun. Yeah, because you like to snowboard. Yes. Yes. You, you, you can shred some powder, <laughs> so to speak. can fall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one comes from Colin. Colin? Colin? Burns. Um he sent an email and I don't know why I said he was from Alabama but I said he's from Alabama he's in Connecticut sorry Colin said I'm looking forward to 2009 being the year of continued geek domination I don't understand that because I don't think it will be movies that he's looking forward to Watchmen looks great they seem to be really trying to stick to the graphic novel did you ever have to read Watchmen for anything or did you ever do it no um yeah I can't recommend it to you. I don't think that you enjoy it. I had thousands of G.I. Joes as a kid and cannot wait to see it on the big screen. G.I. Joe coming to the big screen. How do you feel about G.I. Joe coming That's to the big screen? awesome. Christopher Eccleston's going to be playing Destro, a villain. Then I'm definitely going so, to be there. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I think a lot, there's not been a lot of, it. Need, they need to get the promotion machine running for it. There hasn't been a lot of promotion for it. Um, having trouble getting excited about Transformers and I felt the first was on my favorite movie that summer but the buzz has been non-existent and never remember The Fallen as a kid. Who are The Fallen? Transformers 2, Revenge of The Fallen is coming out this summer. Um, apparently, and I don't know much about The Fallen either, it, it, this is something that's been created just for the movie. It's apparently like a whole different rogue uh, faction of Transformers that the Decepticons and Autobots are going to have to team up to fight together. Did you see The Transformers? The movie? Theaters? Yeah. Not in theaters. But you saw it? Yes. What would you think? Not your cup of tea. Not, not big really. giant robots fighting. Not your cup of tea. I uh, really liked the cartoon when I really? was a kid. Loved it. Hmm. I don't the remember cartoon, the plots, but I remember right. loving that these machines these could machines change. change. Now this now as a kid, do you remember Beast Wars? That one, the one where they were animals that turned robots. Oh yeah. So is that what yeah. you're talking about? No. Is that what you're are you referring to? Big red truck, little yellow Volkswagen. Yes. Oh wow, wow. They were cool. <clears throat> See, I love the movie. I don't know why. I mean, everyone, I hear so many people talk about it was boring at places. It just struggled. I just, it felt like the old Transformers to me because their whole thing in the cartoon was about energy. We've got to get energy. We got, And this was kind of a, like the same thing. You know, we, we're we here because we ran out of energy on Cybertron, and now we've got to stop Megatron. And, and I just, <laughs> I loved it. But anyhow, on TV, he's saying Terminator, Terminator, Terminator. Brian Austin Green is great. Uh, my opinion, best show on television. Have you watched any of the Terminator show? Terminator, surprisingly, and and I have said this several times, the most well-written television show on TV right now. Um, they have a group of writers who are very aware 
that they're doing an action show and they do a lot to up the intelligence level of the show from just shooting robots. I mean, it is really, it's been a really good show. Um, Smallville has been the best season ever, mostly because the Clark Lana story became unbearable. And Clark Lois is what made 70 years of Superman great. Just stay the course, more Green Arrow. How are you feeling about season eight of Smallville? Have you been watching this season? Oh, yeah. Definitely have been watching. It's been really good. It's been really good. This week's was a little disappointing. They throw Lana back in there, the whole... The old Klana crap. Ugh. Um, well, the thing not a big I don't fan have, of them. Ready for him to move on. Yeah, he was yeah. he was heading the right direction. Yeah. And I was really digging Well, she had to whole... come back, though. You I had know. to bring her back. Well, she's not here no. forever. Uh, her last episode will be in a few weeks. Um... And so, you know, I, that's why I didn't mind it so much is because I know she's going to be leaving. Yeah. And I know that there has to, and I don't know what it is, but she's got some kind of secret that is going to, I think, really help him let her go when it all comes to light. I think he's going to be like, you're not the girl I fell in love with. And I still maintain that Clark was never really in love with Lana until they actually got to hang out and spend time together. He just had a crush on her. Right. You know, because she was hot. And I think that what Clark and Chloe have had is a deeper, more meaningful relationship than anything Clark and Lana ever had. Because I, I mean I mean they're friends, they're buddies. They're best they're, friends. Yeah, best best friends. BFF. BFF, yo. <laughs> um not geek, he says, but how I met your mother, Neil Patrick Harris's character is what every single man should hope to be. Really? Plus he has a life size <laughs> clone trooper in his living room. Isn't Neil Patrick Harris like the horn dog on that show? Yeah, so but he's every, so funny. Yeah. He's so funny. Should every single man hope to be him, though? I'm hoping that that was sarcastic. I don't know. This is... The, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, the punctuation and sentence structure is non-existent in this email. Like, I'm really doing this guy a favor <laughs> by, <laughs> by reading this email ahead and, and actually saying things. Um, so, Colin, let me encourage you to learn about capitalization, A, punctuation b uh, sentence structure c in that order i mean you know just take it easy you know take it start with what you capitalize and what you don't capitalize that should be pretty simple proper nouns in the beginning of sentences <laughs> casey's over there like i don't know if she's trying to get on to me for being mean to the guy or okay that's what she's doing <clears throat> he says video games um i've not played Spider-Man Web of Shadow. I've not played many video games at all lately. Um, Lego Batman and Lego Star Wars are real good. Have you played Lego Star Wars? I have. Do you love it? I do. I absolutely love Lego Star Wars. Um, I've got it for Xbox. I've got to put it in and play it, but I've been stuck on The Force Unleashed. Oh, my Lanta, have you played <laughs> The Force Unleashed on Wii? No. Casey. I haven't. Casey, you've got to play. I, I don't recommend... I'm not a good enough gamer to say I'm going to recommend... <laughs> Play the Force Unleashed. If nothing else, YouTube the cinematic stuff on, from Force Unleashed just so you can find out about the story. Amazing. It'll blow your mind. It'll rock right. your world when it comes to the Star Wars universe because it's considered canon. It's considered official part of what George Lucas has for the story. And there is one little thing that's a big thing that will, will rock your world. In my, It rocked my world about the original trilogy and what went on. It'll totally change the way you look at it. So... It's good stuff. Um, 
He played Lego Batman. I haven't played Lego Batman yet. I have played Lego Indiana Jones, which is fun. It's as fun as Star It's not quite as fun as Star Wars, but what's neat is in Lego Indy, you can, there are secrets around where when you unlock them, all of a sudden a little Star Wars character will pop up and come running out. And uh, like there's one place where I bust into a cave and you walk in there and you see Luke kind of standing there and he looks around. He's like, you know, Luke from Hoth, and he's like, uh-oh, what am I doing here? And then he just kind of disappears. And so, that is so cool. And you, and you can find, I think there's like five of them throughout the game. And so, yeah, it was really, I was like, that is great. And then at one point, um, Indiana Jones, at the end of the level where you have to run from the boulder, you know, and from Raiders of Lost Ark, he's caught by the other guy. And he starts, and the guy's like, give me, you know, he's like, mm -hmm, and he does his little hand, like, give me what you got, you know. And so he pulls out the, pulls out like a hair dryer and stuff, and he pulls out a C-3PO head. <laughs> <laughs> and so there are a lot of neat little nods <clears throat> in Indiana Jones to, uh, to the Lego Star Wars, but I love Lego Star Wars. It's such a fun game. Uh, next, I need to try the newest Jedi game, he says. Yeah, I would, I would recommend Force Unleashed to anybody who's a gamer. Uh, it's really short. Um, as far as like a gaming experience goes, uh, what I've heard, I've, I'm playing it for like the third time now. Because I'm one of these completists. I have to get every little secret unlocked and everything, and so I'm going through trying to do that. Um, tunes, which are hard to find ones worth watching, and I guess he meant cartoons. Clone Wars has good stories, and shocked to tell you I love The Brave and the Bold. Now, The Brave and the Bold is the Batman cartoon that's on. Have you watched that? I've seen some of them, yeah. With, where he teams up with like a different superhero every week. How about they do? They've done a whole series of the uh, whole season of the Brave and the Bold, and they have not teamed him with Superman. Now, if I am the showrunner for the Brave and the Bold, I'm going to open up with my big guns first. Like my first episode of Brave and the Bold is going to be Batman teaming up with Superman, just because I feel like that would bring in the viewership. You know that they started with Batman and the Blue Beetle. Do you know who the Blue Beetle is? Yes. Oh. You are such my friend. I just, I'm always just amazed at how, <laughs> how good of friends we really are, and I'm surprised. Um, during your 80s movie podcast, you never mentioned Cocoon. I did never mention Cocoon. You don't know Cocoon? Cocoon is, um, you, it's, you're tripping me out because, like, you'll, you'll just be quiet sometimes and not say things, and, and, then, and then other times you're like, here we go. Um, Cocoon was a movie about old people that showed back up a few years later. I don't know. I don't I don't think I ever saw it all the way through, but it's about people that were taken away and they come back later and they're the same age or something when everyone else is old. Uh, proven fact, guys love lists about how 80s TV shows that need to be made into movies. Um, proven fact, guys love lists. Okay, I see what you're saying. See, this is where the punctuation is needed. Proven fact colon guys love lists period how about 80s tv shows that need to be made into movies question mark um that's how that sentence should have looked colon uh greatest american hero do you know have you ever watched greatest american hero old 80s show it's about a guy who um he's a teacher and there is a uh, there's a ufo that shows up and he somehow gets I've got it. I've got the first season on DVD, and I can't even remember the pilot. Michael Bailey right now is screaming at me for not being in. Anyhow, he is given a super suit, a suit that gives him superpowers by an alien race to do good on Earth. 
he loses the instruction book. And so he has to figure out how to do all, use all his powers and everything. And there's a, one of the coolest moments is when he's trying to fly. And he never quite, and he always looks really uncomfortable when he flies and everything. But he's trying to learn to fly and he's doing up, up, and away. It's very much like uh, Tobey Maguire out of the first Spider-Man when he's oh, trying to get cool. his way to shoot. And um, a kid says, hey, mister. You know, because everyone's looking at him weird because he's walking around this super suit anyway. <laughs> but there's a kid and it would come from a kid. He says, hey, mister. You take two steps and you jump. And so he does it and he jumps and there he goes. You know what I mean? It's like the kid knew. The kid knew. You know, he's watching us here. So Grace American Hero, that could make a funny movie. And I think they're working on it. Thundercats. Thundercats. There has been, there's a neat trailer out, a fan-made trailer, um, where someone did an outstanding job of doing a Thundercats movie trailer and, and really? made it work. Yeah, they... Uh, I, it might be the same guy that did the Superman Reborn trailer. I don't know if I ever show, showed you that, where he actually takes existing movie footage mm-hmm. and uses special effects to paint over the people who were there so that you can tell who they are, but it looks like they're in makeup. It looks like, you know, like, so you've got Vin Diesel looking like one of the Thundercats, you know, and um, it's really, like, the guy's amazing. And, I, and it looks like the same stuff that was done for Superman Reborn, the trailer he did. I think you'd like that trailer. I have to show it to you before we're done tonight. Okay. Uh, the A team. I've heard they're working on the A team, and I've given my dream team for the A team. Twenty one <laughs> Jump Street. Can't say that I can get behind a Twenty one Jump Street. Uh, Voltron. Hmm. Voltron might be interesting to see on the big screen. I don't think they could pull it off though. I know that's a lot. Talk to you soon, Steve. That is a lot, Colin. And uh, then he asked a question about the Oscars. So, uh, and I have you caught up on any of the Oscar buzz? Benjamin Button has 13 nominations. Yeah. 13 nominations. Yeah. Did you see that yet? No. I heard it's amazing. Oh, wait. Yeah, I have. The movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I got lost there. Yeah. Was it good? It was. It was really good. It was a really good D- movie. Is it deserving of 13? Nominations. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I, yeah. I thought it was really, it's a really good movie. Cool. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't been to the movies in months. I need to it's, go. It's sad. Yeah. But. Well, it's all about a guy who's dying. I mean, you know, who's living to die. I mean, that's just backwards. Yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to spoil it. The ship sinks in Titanic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this one comes from Craig. And he says, Steve, I'm a new listener. I am now a huge fan. I want to say this, Craig. I don't have fans. I have listeners. I don't think I'm worthy of fans. Um but I do have the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe. So you're now part of that, Craig, is what you're part of. I bought my iPod to keep my kids' pictures and videos close to me at all time. Music came secondary. But then I found out what all the hype about podcast is. I can't go to work without my favorite podcast loaded up and ready to go. I'm a huge fan of Heroes, Smallville, and Terminator. So, of course, I listen to The Tenth Wonder, Starkville's House of L, and Skynext. It's great to listen to podcasts about my favorite shows. The recaps and commentaries are great. But through listening to them, I found Geek Out Loud. Uh, and I'm glad you did, sir. You do such a great job covering everything I love. I listen to your 25th anniversary, and I'm in the middle of your 80s special from your 20th episode. I love hearing your impersonations, bad or good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, they are very funny and bring back a lot of memories. Yeah, he like I guess Craig used to have a friend that did terrible impersonations or something. <laughs> Uh, Okay, I think I complimented you enough. Now, I have two questions for you. First, I'm a little older than you. I'm 37. Yes, you are just a touch older, but not much. 
There are some shows that I geek out about, but it seems that I'm the only one who remembers them. Some are from the late 70s. Can you talk about the Space Giants? Robots that change into rockets way before Transformers. Dad robot, mom robot, and a kid robot. They befriend a boy, give him a whistle to call them anytime. The baddie, Goldar, this was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers type costumes, but it was so cool for its time. Please tell me you remember it. I remember watching the Space Giants on TBS uh, as a kid. Not in the 70s, though, that was in syndication in the 80s on TBS, and I do remember. And Goldar is just this huge butt robot that's gold. Imagine that, you know? And he's got, like, hair for some reason as a robot and little antennas that stick up out of his head. Japanese stuff. I mean, it's very, you know, Japanese. Ultraman always got sad when his lights started to blink and he had to fly away. Uh, I saw the movie that was in a video store one time of Ultraman. Uh, Star Blazers or Yamato. What is up with you and your Chinese or Japanese stuff, man? Please tell me you remember. I don't remember the Star Blazers. Uh, I'm a total geek when it comes to Star Blazers. It sounds like it. You did a lot there. G-Force, kind of like Silverhawks. Now, this is also called Battle of the Planets. They had a cool theme song. That's all I really know about them. Um, and then he says, I'm not sure if you're a fantasy reader. If so, what do you think of the new Legend of the Seeker show based on Terry Goodkind's Sword of Truth novels? Do you know anything about Terry Goodkind? No, me either. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, George R. R. Martin's A Game of Thrones is greenlit for HBO. Not sure. Um, I do like to read fantasy. How do you feel about fantasy stuff? Not necessarily Lord of the Rings, but like Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time. You know what I'm talking about there? Nope. It was a several um, several book series. I forget <laughs> how many were in there. Uh, I do I do enjoy fantasy, I think. Even more than I enjoy the sci-fi stuff when it comes to reading, I enjoy fantasy. If it's good, if it's well-written. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes fantasy can be hard to read because they writers will try to mimic Tolkien. And Tolkien was so descriptive in the way that he wrote that you would have two pages worth of telling you what the Great Hall looks like, you know, and then it would continue on. And so a lot of times guys try to do that or writers try to do that, and it just doesn't, and it falls flat. Because I think what Tolkien brought to the table, and, and you're a writer, so you can help me out here. I think what Tolkien brought to the table is how much work and thought and of his imaginative process went into the Lord of the Rings before he ever wrote the Lord of the Rings. Um, I mean, here's a guy who created the whole elven language, for crying out loud. You know, he was a linguist. Um, you know, jump in anytime you got something to say or add. Um, and and so, and so he had a specific idea in his mind of what this world looked like. And so he was able to, I don't, I mean, it's almost like he was looking at it and describing it when he, he wrote. He spent years, years yeah. just working on the ideas behind it. Yeah, yeah. And like putting together the characters and the mythology and when you just put it all together you can definitely tell that he spent so much time doing it. It's not something that he Well, and there's so much that's been done just from his notes. You know, mm-hmm. you know, the history of the Silmarillion, uh, which I guess he wrote, but I mean that was well, even his son, I think, had to finish that up. You know, there are several things that his son came along, Christopher Tolkien, and did to kind of just complete some of his father's stuff. Maybe to get a paycheck, maybe just in honor of his dad. I don't know. You know, but it was done, and, and people seemed to eat it up. Um, but you read the Silmarillion. I think that's how you pronounce it. Have you ever read that? 
I've tried. Uh, it is it's such a really hard, read. hard to read. Yeah, it really yeah. is. The first few chapters are very, they're written very much like the Bible in that you, you're just kind of given what information you think you might need. You know, there's no real description of what's going on. And it's so not Tolkien. It's so not what you've read in the Lord of the Rings trilogies. Of course, oh, trilogies, trilogy. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings trilogy, though, is nothing like what you would have read in The Hobbit. The Hobbit is such a different monster than the Lord of the Rings trilogy was because The Hobbit's fun and light and cute and, you know, bubbly and bouncy and it, ha- it ends happy. You hit Lord of the Rings, you hit Fellowship of the Ring, and you're like, what am I reading? I remember the first time I read Fellowship of the Ring, and I was stoked because I'm like, oh, yeah, more of the Hobbit. Hooray! And I start <laughs> reading, I'm like, ring race. Oh, my God, I'm scared to death. You know, and and, I, and you do. You get kind of, you know. I mean, They're scary. So, yeah, it was such a different read, and, and the Silmarillion's so similar to that in that, you know, he by the time. He makes them real for you. Yeah. Well, and, and by the time you're into that fourth or fifth chapter of the Silmarillion, you've already gone through a whole age of Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. And they keeps referencing it as you continue. You're like, wait a minute, who is this person? Who is this person? You know, and um, and so, but Lord of the Rings, gosh, it is an amazing set of books to read. Um, I don't know. I love the movies. Love them greatly. I, they just don't have the rewatchability to me because it, I always feel tired after I watch one of them. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've just gone through this, you know, with these characters again. But they were brilliantly made. But I do like reading fantasy. I've, the Arthurian legend is probably one of my favorite things to read about. Anything that has to do with King Arthur, I will, I will, I will devour. I will eat up. Have you read Mists of Avalon? I have not. not. That's the chick it book, is, isn't it? It is a little bit of a chick book, yeah. yeah. But it's really good. I'm familiar with it's it. It's a really good take is. on yeah. the King Arthur legend. Um, the uh, the Merlin trilogy, the Crystal Caves. Um, what was the second one called? Something Hills. Anyhow, it was written by Mary. Um, I can't, I'm not remembering anything. <laughs> Anyhow, it's very Merlin-centric and really, really good. It follows him as a little boy. There's a, there's an author named Stephen Lawhead who wrote um, a series of books called The Pendragon Cycle. And it starts in Atlantis. And it, the, the first book is The Fall of Atlantis. And, um, and, and that, and the survivor, there's a survivor too from Atlantis. And Merlin is the offspring of these people. And he writes and he spells the words... Um, yeah, the, the very the Celtic words, especially the way that they would have been spelled earlier on in the English language, and there's a, like a pronunciation. He has to put a pronunciation key, you know, in the beginning of the book, so you'll know that when you see a D and a D next to each other, it's pronounced like a TH would be now today, and that sort of thing. Um, it starts with that Atlantis. You, you follow Merlin through literally being almost a warrior king kind of thing before he finally becomes just this old wizard that ends up finding Arthur and advising Arthur and you know and then it goes through um, he even brings in the quest for the grail into it uh, and after Arthur dies you know you're like well the Pendragon cycle then a few years ago he wrote a book called um, Avalon the Return of Arthur and it's set in present day and and a guy who is actually of the line of Arthur 
you know, there's something going on with, there's a whole political intrigue thing going on, and he steps up, not not ever realizing that he was, but this old man shows up, you know, and begins to talk to him, and of course the old man is Merlin, and um, and he causes Arthur to be able to be, bought, or this kid, not Arthur, but he causes him to be able to come back into power as the second Arthur, and um, really neat book, it was really, yeah, I was really, they're fun, they're good reads, um, I, you know, I'm not a writer, so I couldn't tell you if he's a good writer or not, but I think he is, He because he, I like, um, when I was in college, when I did do a little bit of college, one of one of the research papers I did was on the historicity of the Arthurian legend, and um, and it was really neat to find out where this legend has its origins in actual what we know of history. And so this dude, Stephen Lawhead, actually brought in history into what he was writing, and then added a little bit of the magical element to it. And it was a really well done series. I really enjoyed it. I have and to check it out. Yeah, it that was, sounds cool. Yeah, I, well, anything Arthurian legend I love. I need. <laughs> I've always wanted to check out Mist of Avalon. I, I, I know it exists, and I just have never picked it up and and done the reading. Maybe I'll check that out next, just you because should. I haven't read any good Arthur stuff in a while. So it is good stuff. Uh, this one comes from someone named E. T. And um, don't have a real name, but that's cool. Uh, it says, hey, Steve, just write in here your thoughts on Batman, Brave and the Bold. I like the concept of the show, but I feel like it's missing something. It's missing Superman. Uh, uh, one more thing, and then they talk about Zune Marketplace. I don't know how to get stuff on Zune Marketplace, to be honest with you there, E.T. I, I barely know how to get my stuff on iTunes. So, you know. Um, but E.T., thanks for, Brave and the Bold. Diedrich Bader. Do you know who Diedrich Bader is? The Drew Carey show? Oswald? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not Ryan Stiles, but the other guy. Yeah. That's Diedrich Bader. He is the voice of Batman. Oh, that's cool. And he does a really good Batman. I mean, because he's got that deep, you know, growly voice. And um, and he does a good Batman, and it's done very super frenzy. Like mm-hmm. the old Super Friends show, Batman's kind of, he smiles a little bit more than what we've been used to seeing Batman smile. It's a fun show. I enjoy it. I just, I don't know that a lot of, you know, fanboys and everything are going to be super into it i don't know i mean i still say bring in superman this is anna in indiana hello anna um <laughs> says, i recently found your show through various means don't don't including beginning my own podcast about the tv show lost how geeky is that how geeky is lost do you watch lost i love lost do you okay I because do. i do not where how uh. how do you feel about the the season premiere. Are you hooked still? Oh yeah. Totally into. I want to know what's going on. Who's your favorite character on Lost? On. Who do you love? What do you? I mean, who do you just love to see on the screen? Saeed. That means nothing to me. Is he's he a, he's Iraqi. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's cool. He's like he's, the he's like the one with the military training, huh? Yeah, I like him. I like Desmond. Mm-hmm. Who. I don't really understand what happens with him, but it's like he remember, I don't know. It's weird. He does like a time travel. I don't, it's not really time travel. I don't really understand it. He flashes it. back a lot. Yeah. has a lot of flashbacks. But it's, it's weird. Hmm. It's hard to, to explain or uh, understand. To, but to a non-lost fan? Yeah. I got you. <laughs> I got you. He's cool too. Um, 
I was born in the mid-80s, says Anna, and I don't always know what you're talking about. Neither do I always know what I'm talking about. I don't either. <laughs> Can, does anything stick out in your mind that you had no clue what I was talking about? Pretty much everything you talk about from <laughs> the 80s. I, I was born in the mid-80s, too. Yeah. So I'm more of a child of the 90s. Right. So, so if a I, lot of it. So if I started talking kind of, turtles. I'm cool with I that. If I talk Saved by the Bell. Love it, yeah. yeah if I talk, um, I don't even know what else was in the 90s. <laughs> Power Rangers. Mm. Logan just flipped out. She's like, yes, you're supposed to do a Power Rangers <laughs> episode. Um, X-Men. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What was in the... What's What's it like to be a child? Let's stop right here. Child of the 90s. What's that like? Go. There was Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Turtles. Now... We've already said that. It's interesting that you go to Mortal Kombat. Well, that... I. Did you play Mortal Kombat? We had the video game. Yeah, Sega. Yeah. Yeah. Mortal Kombat. Florish victory. Yeah. 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 Finish him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the DC Universe versus Mortal Kombat game that's out? No, I haven't. Yeah, they've got a one with like DC characters that fight Mortal Kombat characters. And the heroes don't have fatalities. They have um, brutalities where mm-hmm. they don't kill the the opponent, but they bang them up. <laughs> you know, the, now the villains, the super villains have fatalities. Right. I've seen the Joker's fatality. I've seen like a That's YouTube cool. video. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, there's, there were some people who were like, yeah, I don't know. I hadn't played it or anything. I'm not good at fighting games. So could you tear up some Mortal Kombat? Oh, yeah. You just hit all the button, all the buttons at the same time. Yeah. That's all you got to do, huh? I mean, that's how I played. Um, Did you have the little guy that would pop out at the bottom of the screen and go, whoopsie? Yeah, I'm sure. I don't yeah. know. Wait, I don't remember. Some guys got into it. When I was in college, of course, I was in college mid, mid-90s. mid <laughs> um, yeah. God, I'm so old. Um, the uh, they, they brought a Sega. You know, some guys brought a Sega, and they had it. And we'd all sit around in this room and play Sega all the time. Um. And uh, and we had a wrestling game, a wrestle like a Royal Rumble, WWF Royal Rumble game, I which I one. kicked butt at. <laughs> and um, and we had Mortal Kombat, which I could not play at all. But these guys would be playing, they'd be fighting, and all of a sudden, this little head would pop out of the bottom of the screen, and he'd go, whoop-tee! <laughs> and when he did that, you could do something, and it would take you like a special level or something. Oh, that's but cool. they he always did it, and that's what, and we just started, and I started walking around going, whoop-tee! <laughs> I don't. I haven't done it in years, but you know there it is. That you just remind me. What else? Mortal Kombat, Turtles, Sonic, the Hedgehog. Yeah. Okay. There was Garfield. Well, see now Garfield is. He, I remember he Garfield. Spans generations. Yeah. Does the orange tabby cat. I remember Garfield. I mean, there's kids now that'll tell you they know Garfield because of the movies. So. Yeah. Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. Now there was a Saturday morning cartoon Garfield and his friends and. And they had mm-hmm. the little farm animals on. There was like part of it was Garfield, and then the other part was like the farm animals. Yeah. I remember There's that. There's G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe was G. I. not Joe. in the 90s. They didn't have any in the 90s? No, that's they, an 80s thing. Like. You might have been watching it in syndication. See? Yeah. See, you 90s kids got all the syndicated stuff from us 80s kids because there yeah. was really nothing good in the 90s, Casey. I hate to break that to you. No. The music sucked. The, uh, I can't say all the music sucked. The other night I played A some Savage Garden. <laughs> Chicka Cherry Cola. Uh, <laughs> Some great stuff. Yeah. Uh, Bare Naked Ladies from the 90s, so I can't really, you know, it's yeah. been, I can't really gripe about the 90s too bad. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just can't imagine being a child of the 90s. I was a high schooler of the 90s, so for us it was, 
um, the grunge movement was big. Everyone mm-hmm. was into alternative, you know, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. You know, when Kurt Cobain died, it was like, no, you know, everyone was like freaking out. I wasn't. I was like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> he had everything going for him. Why in the world would he kill himself? Um, which now I've just lost <laughs> listeners because like you do not speak about Kurt Cobain that way. <laughs> um, the uh, what else was big for us in high school? Um, that's about it. You know, I mean, I, wow, there was really nothing. Maybe it's the area in which we live, but there was just nothing going on. That was the time of the big comic book boom where everybody collected comics because they thought they were going to be worth something. Baseball cards were huge because everyone thought they'd be worth something, and now none of the comics or baseball cards from that <laughs> time period are worth a dime. Um, so, yeah, it was a weird time in the 90s. Hmm. Yeah. I just can't I mean, I can't fathom being anything. Like, the 80s for me is that perfect time because in the 70s, if you're a child of the 70s, you don't get Star Wars until you're almost not in the 70s anymore. Right. You know, and you have all these Mego toys and G.I. Joe stuff, and I just don't think any of the cartoons were quality like they were in the 80s. If you're a child of the 90s, you've got a lot of stuff that's trying to... All the companies were trying to mimic the success of some of the stuff in the 80s. Because in the 80s, you could do no wrong as a toy company <laughs> or as a cartoon maker. You could do no wrong. And um, in the 90s, we're just trying to mimic that. So it seemed like mm-hmm. they were throwing a lot of stuff out there to try to... To try and do, and they just couldn't. It just couldn't, you know. So you guys got bombarded by a lot, but now you did get some cool toys and stuff, I guess. Yeah. Star Wars made its comeback in the nineties. Ninety-seven mm-hmm. was the special editions. Uh, the toys actually started hitting shelves again in ninety-five. So mm-hmm. there's that. I I can dig on a child <laughs> of the nineties. Now there you go. Yeah. So good animaniacs go. too. And Anim- oh. You win. I mean, there you go. Animaniacs was a Batman animated series. Shirt Tales is from the 80s, friend. Was it, wait? Yes. DuckTales. DuckTales. I'll give you, I'll give them, that's the 80s, 90s thing. That's fine. I'll give you DuckTales. Darkwing Duck, Gargoyles. Um, Now, yeah, now that you mentioned that, that got me going. Animaniacs, Tiny Toons, Batman the Animated Series, Mm -hmm. Superman the Animated Series. Yeah, I guess the 90s were a good time to be a kid. I don't know they're better in the 80s, but they were a good time to be a kid. That's fine. Love the Animaniacs, friend. Can I tell you how much I absolutely... <laughs> I mean, as a high schooler, when you drive mm-hmm. home and you you get home and you turn on the Animaniacs, and we, in high school, would talk about what happened on the Animaniacs. I mean, so <laughs> it was... That's one of those shows that you can, it still holds up as an adult to watch the mm-hmm. Animaniacs. It is, that was a great cartoon. Well played, my friend, to bring up Animaniacs. Yes, take it away. You deserve it. <laughs> Anyhow, sorry, Anna. Uh, you got some things you wanted to bring up. Uh, you mentioned your Muppet episode from last year. I went back and listened to it. It was great. I am uh, with Derek. I love the Muppet Family Christmas. We used to watch that every year, too. And uh, How do you feel about the Muppets? Don't hurt me. No, I like them. Okay. Because yeah. we used to... Were you on the trips where we would oh, yeah, Muppets, watch Muppets all the time? Space? Yeah. yeah. And we'd all walk around quoting them. Yeah, okay. Um, I didn't hear you talk about Muppet Frog Prince featuring Robin Kerbin and Sweetums, along with some other minor character Muppets, a whole host of frogs and evil witch, etc. I used to love that one too. I do remember the Muppets uh, Frog Prince. It was just always weird to me. That was weird. Because Jim Henson, for all of his able to pull off a funny show and just kind of goofy and wacky with the Muppets very artsy and Jim Henson's mind would sometimes go places you're like how did it get there <laughs> and um, 
but I don't. I remember watching. I don't remember it all that well. Um, I used to love that too. As a kid, I was fascinated by the Princess's Curse, which made her mix around letters at the beginning of her words. Have you seen? Some, as I said, I have seen this movie. A couple of episodes ago, I heard you mention Star Wars spoofs slash parodies, like Spaceballs. Have you ever seen Thumb Wars? Have you ever seen Thumb Wars? Yes. I've, have I made you watch Thumb Wars with me? Yes. Okay. Love Thumb Wars. <laughs> 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 my absolute favorite spoof. In fact, right up there on my um, bulletin board, I, we're in my office, and, all, and there is Ubi Dooby, Scooby Dooby Banooby, um, and he's doing his favorite fighting move where Darth Vader, or whatever, whoever the thumb was, it was but, says touchdown, and he goes, <laughs> throws his arms up, and then that's how he gets killed. Yeah, love thumb wars. They have a whole thumb line. They've got the Blair thumb, thumb Tannic, Franken thumb. The God Thumb, Fat Thumb. Um, if you haven't seen them, uh, she says they're worth checking out. Pretty, they are very silly, but they are great. Anna, that is true. Thumb Wars. If you have not seen Thumb Wars, you need to see it. It's called the Phantom Cuticle or something like that. It is. And, and there's the person that's making fun of Jabba is like someone with their chin turned upside down and it's all painted on there and it's like oh blah blah blah. It's just there's, there's people's thumbs with costumes around them. And they superimpose, lit, you know, real people's mouths and eyes, and it's just—it's kind of freaky, but but still kind of funny. Um, one more, one more. This one comes from. He says, "Hey there, Steve. I just have to start off by saying, darn you, man! I listen to your podcast, and it seems that I'm becoming more of a geek all the time. Now, Casey, you've listened to a lot of the podcasts in the past couple of weeks." Is it happening to you? Are you finding yourself? Yes. Yeah. It is. Uh, after hearing about Secret Invasion, I bought the series and read it all in one night, in one sitting, and I'm considering the next series that is to follow Dark Reign. Don't get sucked into comics, Joey. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm just telling you, man. Wait for the trade. I just finished the Doctor Who episode yesterday, uh, th- talking about the one that I did with Dave last week, and he says... Um, and today on Sci-Fi was a marathon from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. I'm writing this email at 1 and have been watching since 8. It has <laughs> David Tennant as the Doctor, and it is way better of a show than I was expecting. It is growing on me the more and more I'm watching it, too. I felt as though I was enough of a geek before your podcast, and apparently I'm just getting geekier. So thanks, I guess. <laughs> um, well, there you go. I mean, that's what happens. That's what it's about, you know, is, is that's what this show... When I started this show... And Casey, you you can testify to this, but and you even said something earlier on. And let's talk about me for a minute. Let's geek out about Steve. <laughs> um, you you said earlier that you were surprised at how much surprised at what you know how how much of a geek I am. I take pride in that statement <laughs> because it means that I am able to be hung out with, and it's okay. Um, when I started this podcast, it was because you were gone. I mean, it's not just as like, oh, Casey's gone. I have to do a podcast. But you were you were off doing your thing, getting you know, getting college finished up, you know, getting a real life and everything, you know, outside of this burg that we're in. Um, uh, I didn't really have any friends around here that would sit around and listen to me talk superheroes or Star Wars or whatever the case may be. So I started a podcast. I just wanted to start a podcast. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't want. There has been so much cool crap come out of this thing um, that I never expected everyone. And what I'm finding is that people, it's infectious. Geekdom is infectious. Like, it'll get on you. 
and and it, you get addicted to stuff and you can't stop <laughs> is that what you find in your life with stuff pretty much yeah i mean doctor who come on yeah would you say that you're a whovian yeah i think i would yeah i i really enjoy the show definitely now you uh you heard the show with dave that i did and you said you kind of wanted to get some stuff in about the good doctor do you uh, do you have do you remember any of your thoughts on the doctor that you wanted to get in at all wow. you've got notes put me on the spot. i don't mean to put you on the spot <laughs> this is we're now we're now entering into our geek smorgasbord with casey <laughs> <laughs> oh i i really enjoy doctor who yeah. a lot and you said you like christopher eccleston i do like christopher eccleston a lot yeah and i but think now, he's I really watched, awesome i've watched two episodes of david Tennant. we wa- i watched that with you right so well i kind of watched the christopher eccleston shows at the same time as i was watching okay. the david Tennant shows because yeah. they come on bbc for one season and then another season's mm-hmm. on um sci-fi okay so kind of got into them both at the same time and i just they're both great yeah and david Tennant, he just does such an awesome job I, a lot of people it. love him i mean I'm he really does he he's so silly and and fun but then he can be really serious and dark and, yeah. and scary. Oh, you wow. said that Eccleston's, he's, he can be scary, but Tennant can be scary too. Really? Yeah, he see, really does a good job. that's because I've got to see that little guy be Because he's so tiny that I'm like, I'm not scared. I couldn't be scared of this guy. Eccleston just seems to be have more, because he's so tall. Right. He would, seems to me to kind of have a more imposing figure when he gets serious, you know, and he gets, he gets to that place. Um, what is it that you found that you'd like about Doctor Who so much? I'm. I think it's just the, the fun. That it, it is. That it is it's just, just a fun, fun show. Yeah. You know, it's it's got the mystery. It has yeah. action. They have fun characters. They're really interesting characters. They have some cool bad guys. Yeah. Who are your favorite bad guys from the show? The master. Oh He's wow, pretty. Okay. He's pretty scary. Is but he, fun. No, he's he's, like he's the, just crazy, really. He's like the Bizarro Doctor Who kind of. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Kind but of. he's not played by David Tennant. No. Okay. Well, no. No. In that little clip you showed me, um, oh, that was cool, he, right? He mentioned the master. He's like, "Oh, he's still running around," and he just said that they were so casual about it, you know. About do, do you think the doctor does what he does just because it's fun for him? I mean, no. Is it just a thrill-seeking thing? I mean, I guess well, that's what I'm asking. He's alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't really have anyone. He's, you know, the last of his kind, or kind of Possibly. sort of you know they're talking about bringing <laughs> him back well he has a daughter that you haven't met yet which is from the, that's, the older that's series in, no um, no you'll okay. you'll get there okay you'll get there right. there's an episode called the doctor's daughter and it's really wow it's really interesting huh yeah well now um and again I, and and i know this is kind of a continuation I, it's neat to get a female perspective on things because the doctor runs around with these companions. Mm-hmm. Um, you called me the other day, and you were talking about you were watching some of the older stuff, and the term you used was misogynistic. Oh yeah. For our younger audience, or for our people who may <laughs> not know that word, doctor's kind of a chauvinist. Yeah. 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 In in the sixties, like the original mm-hmm. guy, yeah, he traveled with his um, with his granddaughter. Yeah. And yeah. Is it blatant? Pretty, yeah. Or is it just well, that- and it's it's not really the the doctor 
as much as it is um he had these other two people traveling mm-hmm. with him um like a husband and wife mm-hmm. and and the husband there was very i don't know very i'm the man i'm going to take care of things i'm oh wow i don't know yeah because that doctor was really old yeah he's a really old guy huh so uh, interesting yeah, not not very friendly to yeah, the, as, to the as ladies a chick, you weren't very happy about it and i and i use the no. term chick effectively I, I appreciate the fact that you've never been offended by being by me using the term chick no I, you know it, no. i don't mean it in an offensive way at all no i mean it's just it's very interesting to see you know, the women are, are portrayed as you know dumb yeah like yeah. they don't really know what they're doing um as this series moves forward mm-hmm. and with the tom baker as as the doctor um his companions are a little stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, one of his really smart. She's got the science background. Oh, wow. I can't remember her name right, right. now. Right. <laughs> That's fine. You don't have to. It's okay. But, um, yeah, and you kind of, as the series moves forward, the women change a little. Yeah. Um, you have Martha. She's a doctor. I was going to say, now, Rose, Rose was not necessarily a damsel in distress. No. She struck a good balance of just this young person who's been pulled out of the mundane world into this fascinating world of mm-hmm. time travel and stuff. And she seems really like she's just on, she is tagging along for the adventure's sake of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way at all. I mean, no, that, and it's, you know, it's just fun. And you'll see like her expressions. She's mm-hmm. just always, she can just be as yes. crazy as the doctor. And she just really as enabled, yeah, she really enabled the doctor in his going around doing mm-hmm. the things that he was doing and and so she's not necessarily the super intelligent super you know she doesn't bring anything how do i say i'm not trying to be offensive to because I, I love rose right but like she doesn't bring anything like super duper to the table outside of she's really someone cool for the doctor to hang out with she you is, know, but she's she's quick on her feet. Yeah, she she's a lot of problem solving. Right, that's she's, what I'm saying. Is she's yeah. not really the damsel in distress, but she's also yeah. not going to outdo the doctor necessarily. No. You know, um, Martha is the doc is mm-hmm. the not the doctor, but you know she <laughs> was a doctor. Yeah, um, we watched that episode where they take the hospital to the moon and everything, and this is someone who is obviously very well educated. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas you get the idea that Rose was just kind of floating through life, waiting on whatever was next to happen to her. Here's someone who was a go getter, who mm-hmm. obviously spent a lot of time at university, at college, to become what she is, and so on a mental you know facility standpoint and from a even a practical standpoint i can almost see where that and i have only watched one or two episodes with her i can almost see where that would have been a completely different relationship it was and it's a little hard to watch the martha series because she she's love struck yeah she she really falls for him but in the end she's a really strong person and so you really liked cool. Rose, though, as well, didn't you? I love Rose. Yeah. Well, Rose is interesting because she brings light back to the doctor. You know, you see Eccleston, and in the beginning of that series, he's more aggressive mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then whenever he changes into Tenet, he's more of more lighthearted. Yeah, and, yeah. And there's definitely a shift there. And the idea is that Rose contributed to that, so... I can believe that. I mean, I can buy it. She's a pop star for yeah. crying out loud. <laughs> because he wants to. Uh, <laughs> Her stuff's so funny. <laughs> I love it, um, I, I tell you what I like most about Rose, and I think you and I talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is the fact that she's not glamorous at all. Right. She's very pretty, mm-hmm. very attractive, but she strikes you as a type of person to be comfortable in jeans and a sweatshirt, you know, with the hair mm-hmm. pulled back. And quite frankly, in, in Casey, maybe, I don't know if this is going to be a little insight <laughs> into guys for you or not. Um, it, for me, yeah, a, a girl is at her most attractive when she's not trying to be attractive, when she is just in 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 just a laid back comfortable state you know sweats and jeans you know mm-hmm. and not caked on the makeup is is always honestly one of the more attractive sides of a woman for me and mm-hmm. ladies i am single um <laughs> <laughs> there it is i threw it in. i can't stop I've, I've said i'm going to stop with the joke we've run it in the ground and i can't do it um and and i think that's what i really liked about rose is that mm-hmm. she you know for and and maybe it's American TV as well. You know, on American TV, you take one of our other favorite shows, Smallville. You know, mm-hmm. everybody on Smallville is pretty. You know, Tom yep. Welling. He's been looking hot. I mean, I'll he, say that in a in a totally hetero way. That Tom, he started doing this thing where he's not wearing red and blue all the time. He's got the mm-hmm. gray. He like he had that gray shirt with like the. The undershirt on, and I'm like, that's a, he's a really good looking guy. And I say that in a completely hetero way. <laughs> um, as someone who is not totally as good looking as Tom Will, um, I was like, I really wish I looked like him. Uh, you know, Justin Hartley as Oliver Queen. You know, mm-hmm. I've been hearing all kinds of girls talk about how they're all about him. He is good looking. You know, Lana is fine. Um, Lois is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Chloe is just makes my little heart melt whenever she <laughs> smiles you know tess mercer has come on and mm-hmm. she is foin um you know so it, it, to me it's refreshing to see a show where you're like your lead female isn't and she again very attractive very pretty i you mm-hmm. know would not I, I would not probably be able to talk to her in real <laughs> life i because i clam up um but but she she just seems so much more laid back and not trying and I love that about Rose. I mean that's yeah. just it's one she's of the subtle real. things. Yeah, she's, she's a real. real she's for a show that's about a time traveling alien, she's very real. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I appreciate that. Um you you talk about the females in the old doctor and how they were kind of, you know, weak and just kind of pushed to the side and that sort of thing. You are a very very <laughs> strong-willed individual. <laughs> Uh, yeah. That is one thing, and and that's not in a, you know, and I'm not saying that negatively at all. Um, you and I have butted heads before in our friendship, you know, and uh, and for some reason we are able to get over it, you know. Uh, that's one of my favorite things about you, though, is that you don't take crap from anybody. Thanks. Like if you start may if you start messing with Casey, she's not going to take crap from you. She'll probably tell you like at is is. And walk away without batting an eye. Like she, Casey will not. She'll be like, "Here it is. I'm laying on the table for you. I'm done." You know, and uh, and um, and and I love that. I love that about you. And so it would tend, you know, it only makes sense then that mm-hmm. you are you gravitate toward the stronger female characters on the screen, on the page, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Let's talk a few of these. I know you've got a couple at least that you absolutely love. An all-time favorite, what you would call heroine. Lois Lane. Lois Lane. Talk about that was Lois. easy. Yeah. <laughs> what about Lois? Oh, she's just awesome. She's a journalist. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
in the 30s, no less, was a journalist. I know. Yeah. How cool is that? Of course, a she was always referred 30s. to as the girl reporter back mm-hmm. in the 30s. <laughs> they had to make it apparent, girl, she's a girl. <laughs> um, she's just a really strong person. Yeah. Um, she can be really tough mm-hmm. and bad A when she needs to be. Yeah, yeah. But on the inside, she's real softy. Who, what, what is your favorite version of Lois that you've seen portrayed? I think the Smallville really? version yeah, of her. Erica yeah, Durant's. I think that she, they do a good job of, of like, there's a balance there. Mm-hmm. She can be tough when she yeah. needs to be, but then you can see the softer side of her too. And you don't have the, the doughy-eyed, you know, Lois right. all the time right. or, or the really annoying Lois. <laughs> the thing, <laughs> have you mix. ever watched any of the old adventures of Superman, the black and white? Show. I've seen some of them. The yeah, black and white show. Um, lo- I absolutely love that show because of the portrayal of Clark Kent more than anything else. Really? Um, and if you watch, well, I know you've seen Lois and Clark: New Adventures of Superman, Terry Hatcher and Dean Cain. Right. Dean Cain was kind of close to what that Clark Kent was in mm-hmm. the old Adventures of Superman. Clark Kent came to work. He was an outstanding reporter. He had leads. He 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 was he was mild mannered, but he was not a pushover, and he was not a klutz, and he was not clumsy. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely love that show. But Lois, even in that show, she get herself in trouble, but she got herself in trouble because she was a tough little cookie that you know would run around and do you know what she needed to do. And I feel like honestly, Lois Lane is one of the few female characters who has always been portrayed with this go getter attitude that is not the not necessary she becomes the damsel in distress mm-hmm. but it's she's not she also can it, it if she's the damsel in distress <laughs> it's because she has gone that far into the situation that she could get herself out of some scrapes mm-hmm. you know and when she get and when she's the damsel in distress the only person that'll be able to help her is superman you know <laughs> um for, since the 1930s i mean mm-hmm. she's really kind of a a linchpin, would you say? I mean, for for female for the female character on the page on the screen, you know, she's perfect. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I love Lois. Um, she was portrayed by Phyllis Coates and uh, Noel Neal mm-hmm. in in those original series. Um, Phyllis Coates actually portrayed her in the Superman serials uh, on the, that were in theaters, and uh, and then the first season of the Adventures of Superman. Then Noel Neal took over and played her um later she would be played on the screen by margot kidder in the superman movies and she'll always kind of be my lois lane just because that was the first on-screen lois Mm -hmm. that i was ever introduced to i don't as an adult male now i don't know why superman would be attracted to her considering the way (laughs) she treats clark that's what i like about the smallville yes series now is that she is not a real jerk to Clark. Yeah, she she picks at him, but she's not really mean to him. Well, it's you know it starts out. Well, I remember way back in season four when she was first introduced, mm-hmm. and Lana was talking to her about her relationship with Clark, and she's like, "Me and Clark, no way." <laughs> you know, uh, we hate each other. Or Clark had said, "No, I hate her," and, and Lana says, "That's how the good, the best ones always start out that way." Mm-hmm. And you know, and you've seen the relationship go from this kind of Clark can't stand her and she loves the fact that Clark can't stand her to they've got a real tight 
friendship and close relationship, and now Lois has totally fallen for Clark. Um, and I agree with you. I, I love the fact that she's fallen for Clark before she even knows there's a Superman. And mm-hmm. because to me, for Lois to be in love with Superman and not Clark is not something that Superman would ever fall for, you know, would ever go after, you know, because I wouldn't. You know, if, <laughs> if you can't take the person I'm trying to be in the real world, then you can't take the Superman side of me either. And um, right. uh, that's one of the things I liked about the adventures of the new adventures of Superman, Lois and Clark with Terry mm-hmm. Hatcher and Dean Cain, is that those two form the same type of friendship and relationship, you know, and then when he finally proposed to her, she's like, Who you at? who's asking, you know, who's Clark or Superman? And she figured it out, of course, which I also like that about Lois Lane because I have a hard, I have a hard time believing that someone is smart and as talented as Lois Lane wouldn't have figured that out, <laughs> you know, with all the time she spent around. However, and, and this is just us talking Superman and Lois Lane now, Superman the movie, Christopher Reeve, they go flying off. They do their thing. They come back. And he says, well, we forgot our time ourselves, you know, that sort of thing. We'll have to do it again sometime. And he flies off, you know, and she's just kind of in a, you know, in a, she's just captivated with this guy in blue tights. And the doorbell rings, and it's Clark. And she answers the door, and she says, let me go get my coat. And she goes to get her coat. And Clark's standing there. Christopher Reeve is standing there. And do you remember this scene? I mean, do you know, do you know the show mm-hmm. I'm talking about? He takes off his glasses and straightens up. Like, he's been hunching, and he straightens up. I'm like, I totally buy that I would not know Clark Kent as Superman <laughs> at that point. You know, I mean, really, you know, he, he really? did. Christopher Reeve did a great job playing that dual role. Um, outside of Lois Lane, there was one more you mentioned to me today on the phone. Star Wars. Uh, Princess Leia. Princess Leia. Princess Leia. Let's talk Princess I, You know, most guys, when we talk Princess Leia, we jump straight to Return of the Jedi gold bikini. Um, that was hot. Uh, indeed. <laughs> 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 I remember as a fourth grader um, telling some guys, Carrie Fisher's hot. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, have you seen Return of the Jedi? You know? And, uh, but um, what uh, what do you like about Leia? What's what's the thing about Leia? She's just awesome. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it's Star Wars. I really, I love the banter between her and Han. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. And yeah. I mean, I think that's awesome. But then, you know, she's, I can take it on myself. I can handle this myself. Right. And she's like, I'm doing this without you, you know, with or without you, whatever. And I, I, I don't know. I really like her character. She's a lot of fun. Did you see, um, did you see the Family Guy Star Wars special, the Blue Harvest Family Guy thing? Um, no. It, it's, uh, I think I've seen parts of it. Yeah, it was an hour long special. And it starts out, they're sitting around the house and the power goes out. And so Peter begins to tell them the story of Star Wars. <laughs> and so uh, um, Peter is Han, Chris is Luke, uh, <laughs> Brian, the dog, is Chewbacca, Stewie is Vader, uh, Lois is Princess Leia, and Meg is the little one eyed monster in the trash compactor. Um, <laughs> which only shows up for like right. two seconds. When they go to save Leia, the door opens up. <laughs> the door opens up, and uh, of course, the line, Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? And Chris, as Luke's response is, Well, stay here and rot, you stupid beep. <laughs> <laughs> um, Leia was very snarky. I mean, she, she was. was, you know, and it didn't matter who you were. Leia stared down Darth Vader. 
you know, in that in that first movie, she stood toe to toe with Vader and just went, you know, head to head battle of words with him. The only time you really saw fear on her face is when that little medical droid came in in Episode Four. You know, when he's like, "And now we will discuss the location of your hidden rebel base." Mm-hmm. And then that little globe with a syringe comes in, you know, and and she's like, oh, "I'm like, oh God!" Um, <laughs> but she's back to, you know, I mean, she's looking at the man who has who has the in Tarkin I'm talking about you know Grand Moff Tarkin mm-hmm. we will discuss the location of your hidden rebel base um mm-hmm. hello I'm a Grand Moff Tarkin uh <laughs> we'll deal with your rebel friends soon enough uh she looks at him and she's like you know I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board I mean she's the guy who is in charge of a weapon powerful enough to blow up a planet she's just you know letting him have it um tough cookie she is she is um favorite leia moment do you have a favorite leia moment uh, that you can think of i mean let's face it leia killed jabba the hut she's just also in general like you've already really said it when she's talking just, to vader yeah, just she's talking just to vader, in his yeah. face you yeah. know just like she's um i do love her banner with han in empire when they're Scoundrel. Yeah. <laughs> well, when they're when they're on Ha, he's like, I just assume kiss a Wookie. I can arrange that. He can use a good kiss. You know, I just I love that's a great moment. Um, how you know overall? Let, let me just let me pick your brain now as a woman. You know, as, as a woman who reads and, and who watches TV. Um, do you feel like the days of the week? Uh, just lame I don't even want to use the word lame but the that weak damsel in distress just almost you know just there for eye candy do you feel like those days of of characters for women are gone or do you do you feel like there's a place for that do you feel I mean that's I know that's a little more serious than what we normally do on geek out loud it's really a tough question I guess there'll be some cases I guess where it could work but I think in general, I don't think we're going to have much more mm-hmm. of that. I think that, I mean, just women today are, it's just so different. It's just. Yeah. And we have Lois Lane to think. Oh yeah. I mean, do you, I mean, do you really, th- I mean, do you really <laughs> think that though? I mean, cause you're talking about a character that was in 1930s. She's always been, a, you know, yeah. brassy character. Yeah. Like she's, brassy, that's a good word. She's really. I think that just shows, you know, women a lot of times just are portrayed, you know, right. like you said, like as the damsel in distress right. or the eye candy and to give women more depth than that. I mean, I think that's being more true to who we are. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as time goes on, I mean, the idea of the dumb woman or, yeah. you know, I mean. Right. Sure. Um, do we. I forgot what I was going to ask you because it, it was kind of it, it was springboard off of something you just said. Um, the whole idea, well, you take like the Indiana Jones series, mm-hmm. um, the first movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark. We're introduced to Marion Ravenwood, who she's punching out um, bad guys. She's out drinking a big fat man. You know, she's um, She's slightly when she first sees Indiana, she punches him in the <laughs> face. You know, she's going through all this stuff with him. 
she screams a little bit here and there you know she falls in a pit of snakes and who wouldn't be a little bit nervous about that you know you, you're running <laughs> through a, a tomb where skeletons are falling all over you who's not going to get a little creeped out there you go then to temple of doom to willie the singer um and there were a lot of people who were very critical of her character because she was the typical i broke a nail this this outfit costs so much money you know <laughs> um this elephant stinks i'm pouring my perfume on it all you know all this stuff right that um that that she was i guess what i'm i guess what i'm saying is 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 there a place for that type of female character though anymore is, is, you know oh yeah do they all have to be the strong no because then there wouldn't be anything special about the strong character yeah i mean there has to be something to counter that yeah um you 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 like heroines t- hermione granger how do you feel about her Harry Potter. She's so smart. <laughs> she is the kid that I hated in school. I mean, I didn't hate. I was, I was that kid in school, but thanks. <laughs> well, I, well, I mean, like when I was the one that always had to get everything just right, was always studying, was always, you know, I know more than everyone else. I'm the overachiever. The overachievers always bothered me because I was such an underachiever. That but I was, I was the overachiever. Were you really? I, I was. Know. I mean, I, yeah, I guess you were. I was. Because whenever, even even extracurricular stuff, whenever we'd get a project going, like you attack that stuff. I give mm-hmm. you carless drive-ins, and, <laughs> and you had to make fake tractors and trucks and that sort of thing to put out they there. They were so cool. It was. It was great. It was good times. Um, Harry Potter. I mean, let's talk Harry Potter for a second. The, the, okay. The books, the movies. Um, how, how did you come into Harry Potter? What got you into Harry Potter? The hype. Remember? I was... Yeah. I was you, curious. You buy into the hype, I was, don't you? Well, I was curious. Yeah. I was like, people are liking this. Um, I had a friend suggest that I read it, and I was like, no, no. And finally, I gave in. Mm-hmm. I started with book three. Really? Yeah. That was the first Harry Potter movie I ever saw, by the way. Really? Yeah. With you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd, never, was... I'd never been exposed to anything Harry Potter. You're like, I really want to go see this movie. Well, you go, I'm like, yeah, I'll go with you. Just catch me up on things. And you're telling me, I'm like, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> there, I mean, but, you know, I've yeah. seen the first two movies. And I was like, well, maybe that's something I would enjoy. And um, my friend said, well, here, start with three. It's, you know, at the, that was the, la- the latest book that was yeah, out at the time. Yeah. And Prisoner I was hooked after that. I had to I'd start over with one and two. Then four came out. And yeah, what what's it's your great. favorite of the seven? Do you have a favorite? I really like three. I mean, yeah. the last book, seven was really seven was amazing. It was really it was, good. I mean, like really good. Rowling, I don't. She just basically said, "I am going to do what everyone would do in this situation and just give everybody what they want with this final mm-hmm. battle, with this climate, with this you know cliffhanger." I cried a little. It was. Uh, it was moving. It really was. There was some moving stuff there. I don't. There were some tear, teary eyes. I think eyes. I was more. I think mm. I was more emotional about the end of six with the death of Dumbledore. Um, um but uh, but serious. Oh uh, yeah. That was horrible. In, in fact, well, I'll tell you this. <coughs> I got into Harry. I, I remember when we went. Number one, I remember when we went to see Prisoner of Azkaban again. Because we did. We're driving to the theater, which is about an hour away from where we live. And you're telling me, you're trying to catch me up on everything and explain everything to me, just leading up to this and who everyone is and that sort of thing. 
And I kind of got it, but I didn't. I watched the movie. I'm like, this is pretty interesting. You know, I don't know that I'll ever really get into it. A, a couple of years later, I guess it was the year that Seven came out. So about two years ago is when Seven came out. It would it would have been yeah. the year that Book Seven came out. Um, early in the year, uh, ABC Family or Fox Family now, whatever they are, was showing a Harry Potter marathon. And I was flipping around channels. I was folding clothes. I remember where I was at. I was in my old mm-hmm. house in the den folding clothes. And I, I stop at Harry Potter for some reason, maybe because I had to put, go get a load out or something. I walk back in, and they're at the train station. And Harry's looking for the right platform, and he bumps into the Weasley family. And these kids run through the wall. And I just sit down. I don't know what it was about them <laughs> running through the wall to the other side of the train station, but that hooked me on this series, was them running through the brick wall to get to the right platform. And I, I was sold. And so I picked up, I borrowed the first book from someone and read it. Typical children's book, you know, but it was fun. You know, it's a 10, 11 year old boy doing his thing. Um, the second book was, uh, the first book is the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone if you're in the UK. The second book is Harry Potter and the Sword, some kind of sword, wasn't it? You remember? Because I, I can't remember that I don't one remember at all. The names. Um, but I do remember there was a sword that was in play. <laughs> uh, three, of course, was Azkaban. Right. Three was the turning point toward a more mature storyline, mm-hmm. um, which I think is genius on Rowling's part because she wrote this is a series that grows up with you. You know, I've said of Star Wars, Definitely. I grew up with Star Wars, Star Wars didn't grow up with me. Harry Potter grows up with you. If you start reading this as a 10-year-old kid, you are still going to be continuing to read as a 16, 17-year-old kid because the subject matter continues to mature a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have said I've never read anyone that has written teen angst the way that Rowling wrote teen angst. As, and captures it as well. You know, captures it as well as she does. Definitely. From Well, I mean... From the crushes that they all have on each other, you know, and all the talk about snogging. and oh, so um, cute. Yeah, and to the death of mm-hmm. Cedric Diggory and how that affected everybody. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen that in a community before. I've seen what that looks like in real life. And, and, and in this community of Hogwarts, it was something that, that resonated from that fourth book right on through to the end, you know, mm-hmm. with Harry's relationships with people and with different you know things especially in book five you know that it's it's um it's i was just blown away with this woman's ability to capture the human condition i guess you'd say through this incredible little universe my favorite book i think was four was goblet of fire mm-hmm. um i don't know why i just absolutely <laughs> loved goblet of fire what do you like about Azkaban? i mean is it because it was your first or i guess maybe because it was the first book um but because that's when it started turning, yeah, it started yeah. getting a little bit more mature. I liked four a lot. Four's um, they start playing a little bit more on mm-hmm. Harry's conflict, yeah. his inner conflict, yeah, yeah. and it was very interesting to see like the struggle for him. Like he's going through, you know, puberty, and yeah, he's I mean, he's got a lot going on, um, and just you know, girls and. And all the pressure from the world just. And then his name gets spit out of that cup somehow. Mm-hmm. Just. Oh. It's really interesting to see the way that he starts treating his friends, and that continues through a couple yeah. of books. How he's not quite sure 
you know. The um, the thing I loved about four was honestly the the games. I mean, I just they were pretty they, cool. that captured my imagination. I mean, going <laughs> out to face down a dragon, you know, and mm-hmm. and having it just captured my imagination. The going into the lake, you know, eating the gillyweed to go and and then and Harry's decisions in each of those moments from the you know calling the broom to himself because he knew that's what he'd need to do to get away and right on to the when he's down underwater saving everybody instead of just the one person he was sent down to save you know that's that was a hero move yeah you know that was the good-hearted hero move um and then as he and cedric go through that maze and he's like you know what we're both gryffindor let's just do this together mm-hmm. and as they grab that cup and find out that it's um one of those portal things right you know oh my and i was like no voldemort's already back i blew my mind that voldemort was like officially full-on back and that was scary it was scary it was very scary it was very scary and very intense and the fact that cedric died was that much because i'm sitting here thinking as a reader is she going to go through with this death and she Mm -hmm. does you all know, of them. Sticks. All of the yeah. deaths are final, and I can appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, it's that's I mean, that's a very real mm-hmm. way of living. For my generation, a lot of kids that grew up the time I grew up, when Optimus Prime died, was their first exposure to a death being apparently permanent. Mm-hmm. And you had parents up in arms about that because there were kids who locked themselves in their rooms not knowing what to do. And I think that it is. this is going to sound weird, and you can disagree with me if you want to. I think it's important. It for is. kids' literature to be very open about the finality sometimes of death. Not, I don't think it needs to be in everything. You know, I mm-hmm. don't think it needs. I don't. But I think there was enough balance of hope in all of these books that the deaths could be final, it, as heartbreaking as they would have been. They right. were. I wasn't that attached to Cedric Diggory. But, it made it real. But it did. Make it it, it real. makes it real. You can, you could really get into the story just because she makes it so real for you. She makes yeah. the characters real. Like. It could happen, you know. Yeah, maybe the journey. <laughs> well, the journey of so many characters, minor right. and and not so minor. Um, you know, the little uh, rat that ends up being, you know, Ron's rat mm-hmm. that ends up being what's his name, um, Padfoot or whatever. You know, just that's <laughs> not Padfoot. Not Padfoot. That's that's uh, <laughs> that was that was Lupin. Wasn't it? Lupin was Padfoot, wasn't he? Yeah. Who? What was the other one's name? I haven't read these books in so long, Casey. Me too. But you know what I'm talking about. The the rat that turns out to be one of their little crew that had Mm -hmm. been kind of the deceiver and everything. Uh, Sirius Black, um, you start out thinking he's just this foul, foul criminal of a man, and he ends up being Harry's godfather. Um, You know, right on to the journey of Snape. Severus Snape. I mean... Snape, you never know if you, you should trust him or not. In the end, you know, it's... You know, <laughs> he is a fat. When you get to the end mm-hmm. and you get his full story, a fascinating, fascinating character. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, absolutely, because everyone's been the kid, not everyone, because some of you jerks out there were bullies. But, you know, I know being the kid that was bullied, even by good hearted guys, you mm-hmm. know, just some good hearted picking. Uh, and I, but I know what that does to a kid, you know, when it's done in front of everybody, not just in your little circle of friends. To being a Death Eater, to trying to be redeemed from that, 
and apparently not wanting to be redeemed from that and then turning out to really be the hero in a way, mm-hmm. you know, because he refused to let this kid take the fall. And it's just amazing to me that journey and Harry's journey toward acceptance to the point that his son was named, mm-hmm. you know, Severus at the end of at the end of seven, you know, when you get that epilogue right, at the end yeah. of seven. I, just J.K. Rowling, an amazing. She was an amazing she's, writer. If that's she all she's ever writer. got in her arsenal, <laughs> I don't know about the uh, the Blue Beetle Tales or whatever. Oh, it is. I've read it. Was it good? <laughs> it was Beetle really Bard, cute. Is that what it is? They're really cute. Um, it's really cute. Yeah, really I, cute stories. I mean, if if Harry Potter is all she's got in her arsenal, number one, she's set. But oh, number yeah. two, number two, then that is enough because. Mm-hmm it was good enough I mean it really it, those that series of books was great movie wise how have you felt about the, we've had five movies mm-hmm. um, how have you felt about them I really like the first two sure I really like the first yeah. two I think they hold up pretty well mm-hmm. against the books the third one it was a little disappointing I think they really I was a little disappointed with the third one I think even after we left the theater I told you that was yeah. a little disappointing yeah but the rest of them have been okay. Four, I kind of wish they'd shown a little bit more with the games. They'd done a little bit more with that, maybe. Four, I think is what they left out of that. Yeah, yeah. They kind of didn't make it so great, but still, really, really Plus good. What they left out and felt like they had to add in too with the yeah. fight with the dragon. That was really a quick thing that Harry did. Right. And there, they in the did movie, drag it out a they lot. They dragged that dragon fight out because, and because hey, this will be a cool set piece. Right. But it's like, how about? that maze would have been a cool set piece how about you know mm-hmm. even the swimming stuff could have been awesome and just the build up to these trials instead of just cutting from one game to the next to the next how about right. the build up to them because mm-hmm. that's where the suspense came in as mm-hmm. Harry was trying to figure out how he was going to breathe you know as um, as he was trying to figure out what is going to happen with this dragon as he's talking down to right. the Weasley boy about the dragons you know is, is there just a neat it was, the book was so good. Uh, it's one of my favorites. And then for them to kind of, the movie felt a little flat. What do you think about the fifth one? Um, it was okay. Yeah. It was okay. The fifth book, Order of the Phoenix, is probably my least favorite book. Really? Why is that? Um, Because it was so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I was so frustrated the whole time reading this book. I was just so mad at the little toad woman, and I can't right. remember her name, and and I just wanted someone to find out how evil she really was and mm-hmm. stop her, and no one ever did. And and I was just hurting for these kids. I'm like, you've got to, someone's got to step in for these kids. And, it was really frustrating. And um, it really and, was. And then they, you know, they're building their little secret army. And and uh, I love that part. I did though. too. I, did, I really well, loved I that loved part. I love that Harry was stepping up mm-hmm. as the teacher. You know, because they looked at him like, you face Voldemort. You know, and Harry's right. like. I know how to call my wand to myself. You know, I know how to call my <laughs> broomstick to myself. Right. Um, but yeah, he steps in and he starts to teach them, you know, this defense against the dark art stuff. And, and and then for that to fall apart under their noses because stupid woman finds out about it, you know. Right. And, and Dumbledore gets fired. And and uh, I was so ex- I was glad when the Weasley boys uh. just like, you know what? Screw it. We quit. And they just oh, totally they- <laughs> the swamp. They're the, so funny. Um, you know, the, the movie, however, mm-hmm. helped me appreciate the book more. 
Really? Yeah, because by the time I get to the run through the Ministry of Magic and everything, mm-hmm. I was just like, this book has got to get over. I'm so tired of this book. <laughs> this is frustrating me way too much. And and honestly, Sirius's death, it never really hit me until the sixth book. Because mm-hmm. I understood that he had fallen back through that curtain. Right. And I understood that meant he was gone, but I kept saying, well, he can come back. He can come back. I know. I did, too, because the superhero stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. They die, but they come back. And so. it's Gary Oldman. You want Gary Oldman to be in the movie still. Definitely. Um, but the sixth book, when you hit that sixth book and, and you finally... And I was frustrated with Dumbledore a lot, too, uh, toward the end. Uh, because he was places. so distant. He was. He was so distant. And, um, and in that sixth book, when he finally starts kind of working with Harry... And he starts opening up to Harry, here's what mm-hmm. we're doing, you know, here's what's going on. Um, I was like, finally, you know. And they start looking for the horcruxes or however you say that word. <laughs> uh, and then he dies. You know, and I knew it was coming. I, I mean, I, I was cool. I was behind enough on the curve to know that Dumbledore right. died on page whatever it was. But even still, I was rooting for him not to die. And then for it to be Snape who killed him. Now, at this point, I read the sixth book before the seventh book was out. I was done, and I was waiting <laughs> on the seventh book to come out. And at this point, it's like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. How, what the, who the, how the... You thought he was good. You did. Thought there was hope for him, and then he kills and Dumbledore. He, well, he made that oath, and I'm thinking he's mm-hmm. really bad, and now he's got to go into hiding. And then when you get to the seventh book, and he ends up doing the right thing. It was the right thing, you know. I love, I think it's... I think it takes place in the sixth book or maybe the end of the fifth book. Um, Dumbledore's speech to Harry about how he didn't want to put it on him. He thought it was too, the burden was too much for him right. to bear. That, in the words of our good friend, Mr. Roy, <laughs> that hurt me. I mean, that, I was like, gosh. I, you know, as someone who attempts to mentor people, I know that feeling of just not wanting this person to have to be burdened with this type of responsibility right now and, mm-hmm. and the pain that you see when someone does have to deal with something that they shouldn't have to deal with. You know, you're hurting for them and Dumbledore trying to protect Harry from that led to so much frustration on Harry's part. And uh, again, it's just, oh my gosh, great writing. On the really, part of, really great writing. Uh, on the part of J.K. Rowling. Are you looking forward to the movie, the, the sixth movie? I am. Yeah. I am. I think it'll be... I think it'll be pretty good. Yeah. I'm a little psyched about it. I, I, like I say, I like the fifth movie better than I like the fourth movie. Um, I, I don't know that I, I'm, I'm not looking forward <laughs> to watching Dumbledore die. You know, I'm not looking yeah. forward to that moment. I think it's been long enough since the books and everything. It's not really fresh on yeah. people's minds. Yeah. So I think it'll be a little bit less of the whole, well, wasn't as good as the book. You know yeah, stuff, yeah. which well, I don't know. You know I mean, you know, I've got, I've got I mean, kids. I've got kids well, that I know college I mean, kids. There are always going to be people that yeah, do that and that'll read the book before. Right. The, I mean, and, and they're reading up to. They're reading all the books again. They're going to read through, and so. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to because I want to go in with an open <laughs> mind and you know be positive about it because there are just there are some things that you can't fit into a movie. You can't do in a yeah, movie. I agree. And um, 
Yeah, I think those would be pretty tough to translate too. Well, I think when you you're talking about, and I'm using my fingers here, so the audience gets <laughs> it. You're talking about a fourth book and a fifth book that are literally, I think they were both like 700 pages a piece. They were pretty big. You books. know, they were thick novels. Mm-hmm. Um, six was a lot smaller than those two in terms mm-hmm. of volume. Um, not that the story was any less, I don't know, engaging. But it was told quick, more quickly. Right. And and I think that it will lend itself to being a more complete movie, much like the first two, even though it's longer than the first two books, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it will lend itself to being more, you know, I, I think they'll hit the right points. You have to. <laughs> you've got to, I mean, you're six movies in. You've got to know how to make a Harry Potter movie by now. <laughs> um, we have gone almost two hours. Wow. You have survived <laughs> a podcast with me. And we have not mentioned, except briefly, right. the turtles. Um, you love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. In fact, this is one of the first geeky things I was aware of in your life, was the turtles. <laughs> when, when we started hanging out, I, I found out that you loved the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What? I mean, as a little girl, were you digging on the turtles? Or? Oh, they were cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they were really cool. We had the action figures. My brother and I had them. Yeah. And y'all would play at y'all would play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Did oh, they, yeah. Now, did they have weak head situations like Craig's figures earlier? No. Was it Craig? That was no, right not so it? much. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, no. Cartoon. You watched the Saturday morning cartoon. Oh yeah, definitely. Movies. I like the first two. Yeah. The third one, not so much. Yeah, not so much. Did you know that they did a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles slash Power Rangers crossover episode one time? Really? Yes. I don't remember it. I'm uh, sure I've seen it, I but didn't, I don't I, remember No, it. I was not aware that it happened really? either. But the turtles were on uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. No, it wasn't Mighty Morphin. It was like one of the In Space or Lost Galaxy. One of the weird Power Rangers. Right. I didn't like. But they had the chick turtle with them at that point. Oh. Um, and so, and it was like the guys from the movie, you know, and they were all yeah. like, what's up, dude? <laughs> um, the Did you see the movie that came out a couple of years back? The digitally animated one. I've seen TMNT. parts of it. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't seen a lot of it. Um, was Shredder the bad guy in that? I don't remember. I don't either. I didn't. I didn't the, see it. The foot. The foot. The foot. The foot clan. The foot clan. <laughs> it's the hand that's Electra and Daredevil. Okay, yeah, the foot. <laughs> uh, I'm like, there's some appendage. <laughs> that there's a, there's another appendage somewhere. Um, when it comes, your favorite turtle. Donatello. Donatello, why? Because he's smart. Because he's smart. I was the smart kid. I like how kid. you fancy yourself the smart kid. I I, I tried. <laughs> I'll pay for Maybe. that comment. I'll pay for that comment. Maybe in a I will. Yeah. When the, Some when people the that had classes with me in college would be like, "Yeah, right." <laughs> when, when the podcast is over, Casey's going to be like, "You just made fun of me. You said I wasn't the smart kid." And I'll pay for that one. Um, no, when I was a kid, yeah, yeah. I was definitely. The smart you're, one. You're intelligent now. I told you earlier that I always <laughs> feel like I have to bring my A game. Um, but I was cool with that. Like, I liked being the smart kid. There was a moment. I'm trying to think of the moment where you really let on that you were into Turtles with me. And I'm trying to remember when it was. Was it, it the, when the DVDs came out? The old no, movies no, the it? DVDs had been out. It was a movie we were watching. And really? there was a moment in the movie where a hand goes up through a wall or something like there's rubble and it goes up through the rubble i don't remember that movie and i know what you're talking about was that's 
And you just were like, like Shredder. that's just like Shredder. Yeah, you just were like, like that's Shredder. just like Shredder. What movie is that? I can see the wall. <laughs> I can see the hand. Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't remember. Oh, my gosh. It, brick wall, hand, it's in a glove. Spider-Man. Yes. Spider-Man at the end. Yes. The Green <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you're like, that's like Shredder. And I'm like, Shredder? And you're like, from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, man. I'm like, no idea, Casey. No idea. And you're like, dude, you got to see the turtles. And I'm like, never big turtle fan. And you you were totally into the turtles, though. Love the turtles. <clears throat> do you still watch the movies at all? The first? Or, oh, yeah. I mean, do you ever put those in and just like, yeah. let's, let's watch these. This will be fun. Yeah. Times. Good do they rainy hold day up movies. for you? Or? Is it just like... I mean, they're fun. They're fun nostalgic? movies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, they're, I mean, they're good movies. Well, that's fine. Are they good movies or are they just... They're, or do you enjoy them? Are well, they I enjoy them, movies? therefore, I think they're good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I I concede the point to you. <laughs> well, I mean, I think they hold... I mean... For what they are. Right. I mean, they're good, for fun what, movie. Okay, and let, let me just give you an explanation real quick of, of terminology. If someone says for what they are or for what it is. But I love them. I think they're th- great. Yeah, that's fine that you love them. I'm not <laughs> dogging. I'm not at all. This is a safe place to geek in. So I'm not I dogging. I feel like I have to defend them. No, you don't have to defend them at all. I'm just, I'm asking for an honest look at the movies. Right. To know, like, if you showed them to a nine-year-old kid. Would he just kind of be like, what is this? Or would he kind of get in, engaged with it and involved with it? I think they could get involved with it, okay. maybe. May I have cool. to put that one to the test. Yeah. If Call you if you had Gabe. friends that were all into Turtles when you guys were kids, and you said, hey, let's watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Let's say you had five friends that were into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when you were kids. Of the five friends, how many do you think would want to sit down and watch that movie with you? Now? Yes. Ah. Oh. This is we had a, we had a party we had a party yeah. in college. It was like TNT, oh, okay, and a bunch of friends come over. We watched it. We did the ninja rap. Oh, nice! You know the dance, nice. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So I mean, holds, so yeah, like it so holds for up. A people, child of the people 90s, dig it. For a child of the nineties, it's something that they look at fondly and will watch. Oh often. yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, yeah. Cool. Because I just I'm, I don't know that I've ever seen any of those movies in their entirety at all. Really? Yeah. We should we should watch them. Well, we should remedy that? Okay. Yeah. I'll come to your place. We'll, we'll, <laughs> do. We'll do that. We'll do that. It'll I'll, be fine. I'll come to your place. We'll hang out. <laughs> and uh, order pizza and watch the... Tur- oh, you've you have to order, order pizza. pizza. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. part of the requirement. Did you ever play any like the Turtles video games? Yes. The what? one for, what, Nintendo? Super Nintendo? The one... Oh, yeah. Okay. So, like, you're... Wa- it's almost it's like, like the, the arcade game. Thing yeah, at the, yeah, yeah. At the end. Yeah. Yeah. I sat down. I babysat some kids when I was, like, a junior in high school. Um, there were two boys, and that's why their parents asked me to babysit them when they'd go. The parents had been divorced, and they were now get in the process of getting back together, so they would date. Right. And um, and they'd ask me to come stay with their kids while they'd go out. And so <laughs> I would stay with these boys, and, and they liked me because I would go outside in the yard and play war with them and stuff. And, and we sat down one night and beat in one sitting that game on Super Nintendo, the Turtles game. It was fun. Good times. Good oh, fun. yeah. It'd Good take time. a long time. Yeah, yeah. Hours. it was. It did. It took a while, but it kept them entertained, and that's mm-hmm. what it's all about. Um, Very fun. So, all right. Well, I think we've covered the geek smorgasbord today. Um, okay. How do you feel about your first podcast experience? It was fun. It was fun. I appreciate yeah. you coming on. I really Thanks. do appreciate you being here. Uh, you are welcome anytime, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and now that you're comfortable with it, now that you've kind of got the got the ropes figured out of what to do. Um, 
don't start your own podcast. I don't want to ever be in competition with you. Uh, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything you need to plug? Anything that you need people to check? You got a website? Web? You know? Okay. Nope. I didn't think you had anything to plug. <laughs> Um, I, I do have some plugs. Number one, of course, is geekoutonline.com. It's a blog that I've not updated in weeks, and I need to. I need to finish out my top ten favorite supervillains. Uh, need to get back on track with some movie and comic book reviews, and I apologize for not doing that. But the podcast has been fairly regular, so you can't really blame me for that. We have 123 members of the Geek Out Loud forums. That's geekoutpodcast.com forward slash forums. Would love to have you come and uh, join the conversation. You, Casey, and anyone else that's <laughs> listening would love to have you uh, come and be a part of that. Just come on, sign up. We There's a place. There is something for you in those forums, no matter who you are. That We have a comic book section. We have movie section. We have a television section. We've got a section we call Unmentionables, where if you can't think of it, it's there. Uh, our friends of Geek Out Loud are there. Dave and Sam at the Vortex. Michael Bailey at Views from the Long Box. Faith and Kai at Sheet Geek. Jason over at Shadowy Flight. And my friend Michael Cohen, greatest um, web designer in the universe, in my opinion, because he designed my websites and is working on some more for me that look really cool. Have I showed you those? Those mock-ups I'll have to show you. Oh, yeah. that'll be cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, so go over there, hang out with those people, get to know those people. You you'll be surprised the kind of friends you can make on on the Geek Out Loud forums. Um, also, I have a question for everybody. Well, one more plug, and then I have the question I want to put out, and I need your email and feedback, or I need an email from you uh, to let me know the answer. Um, I will be in Greenville, South Carolina, on Sunday, February fifteenth, speaking at Riverside Baptist Church. And if you are in the area. Uh, the shindig starts at six and would love to have you come of course it is church uh everyone that lists has listened for the past 10 or so episodes knows i'm a youth pastor in real life and i'm actually speaking in this church's sunday evening service very laid-back church come as you are you know and i promise that i won't be boring and and if if you let me know if you're in the geek out loud audience and you let me know you're going to be there i promise to throw in something about star wars or superman as I'm talking, as I'm prone to do anyway. Um, but uh, but would love to have you come out, if for, if no other reason than just to meet you afterwards and say hello. That thing would be great. I will be in Greenville for a few days, and I'll be Twittering into my locations and that sort of thing. So if you want to get together at a comic shop or, or something like that in public because I don't trust people on the Internet that I meet, um, <laughs> then, you can, uh, then, then let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Having said that, um, I have a question that I'd like to pose to you, the audience. I have been asked where the Geek Out Loud t-shirts are. Um, people are wanting Geek Out Loud t-shirts. Uh, we, Casey's, your little face just lit up. I don't <laughs> understand. The, here's the deal. Um, I would need to know that I could sell 100 t-shirts um, to be able to provide t-shirts. Now, if we do t-shirts, there will be two or three different designs of the t-shirt that you'd have to order. Um, so I wouldn't need to sell a hundred of each design of the t-shirt, but I would need to sell a hundred t-shirts total so that I could recover costs and that sort of thing. Because again, I don't make any money for doing this. So if you're interested in a geek out loud t-shirt, email me with the subject line t-shirt, let me know. And so I can kind of get an idea don't have prices or anything, but if you think you'd be willing to order a geek out loud t-shirt, email me and let me know. Well, that wraps it up for us here. 
on Geek Out Loud. Casey, anything you have to say as we get ready to sign out? No. no, no. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I've enjoyed it. Thank it's you. Great. It's been good hanging out with you, my friend. So, Thanks. It's been good hanging out yeah, with you, too. So I appreciate you being here. Um, well, that's, that wraps it up. It's been another long one. I hope you folks don't mind. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. You can email me at geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Check out the forums. Once again, geekoutpodcast.com forward slash forums. And uh, join us next time when I have no idea what's going to be going on. There's no telling <laughs> what we'll talk about. We'll definitely have your emails. It's kind of a 30th anniversary. Not going to do anything super huge for it. We'll probably try to keep it to 90 minutes next time. So thanks for joining us. Have a great week. Uh, goodbye. And good night, Mrs. Ogmonic, wherever you are.